Tonight's episode of the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish is brought to you by Z Apollo Photography. Visit zapollophotography.com for all your photography needs. The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to. Yes, that's right, infidels. You found us here, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, where you get the most real talk. The best reviews of all your favorite wrestling shows from AEW and WWE, Impact, and more. Because we're going to break it all down with the best staff in professional wrestling at HMG. So you don't need to go anywhere else because there's no five stars here. There's only $5 face slaps, infidel. Hello, so sign up today, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, and join the Hameen Army for the most real talk in professional wrestling. YOLO! Hello, this is Homeboy88 for the Video Game Connection. Join us weekly for the most entertaining video game podcast you'll ever hear. Join Ivan, Big Tom, and myself as we review the latest games, up-to-date gaming news, and game previews all in comedic form. It's a jam-packed hour of ear fun with our own video game rap songs. Listen to the Video Game Connection wherever you listen to podcasts, except Walmart, never Walmart. Keep gaming and keep listening to the Video Game Connection. Texas. And I'm going to be honest, I get 
true what they say, everything's bigger in Texas because right now I'm looking at a bunch of dumb, grotesque, fat hicks. Are you guys talking about me? I think you're talking about the man I'm about to whip. Let me explain something to you, Wardlow. If you so much as lay a finger on me during these lashes, if you retaliate, you don't get the match at double or nothing. And you never sign a contract at AEW. But don't worry, since I'm the mention of the cinch, I'll let your job so you can keep shining my shoes. Because I'm better than you, and you know it. Send out the pig. There's a man. Days away from a date with MJF at Double or Nothing if, if he can survive these obstacles that MJF has laid out for him. Take a good look at this, the, the body of this, this phenomenal athlete. He won't look the same in a few minutes. That leather belt in the hands of uh, MJF will rip the skin, the hide. Or will it rip the integrity in the heart from Wardlow? I say no. Well, I, I agree with that, Jr. But the fact is, this is this is not going to be a pleasant sight for any of us. Hell, MJF walking out not a pleasant sight for any of us. No music, no pomp uh, and circumstance but a lot of uh, security presence to protect MJF. Yeah, Jim, and a lot of chant of Wardlow. It's all the music he needs, just the chant. Oh, geez. and he just spit. He, yeah, did. he did, and he's trying, to, he's trying to bait Wardlow into assaulting him so he does not have to face Wardlow at double or nothing. That's exactly right, Excalibur, great call. But Wardlow has come too far. Yeah, you're, you're right. He didn't move. <laughs> Fans on that side of the ring are seeing their jaws drop. <laughs> That's two. Come on now. MGF. Oh, Lord. He's defeated by his dress shirt. Exactly right. 
Wardlow didn't even flinch and look at that. That wasn't a makeup artist didn't run out here and put this uh, no. welts on his, on his back. MJF turning control of the belt over. Look how angry he is. To Sean Spears, the giant killer. Let's get a southpaw. That's eight, says Bryce Rimsburg again. MJF getting no satisfaction. Oh, oh boy. Yeah, oh, that one. Yeah. First time we're seeing a little reaction there from Wardlow. He's held, he held out as long as he could here, guys. Wardlow, I've got one more coming, and I want to take it. Uh, cinch up, big guy. Come on. Listen to the chant from the fans. A near capacity crowd here on the University of Houston campus at the Fertitta Center. Awaiting the final lash of a Oh, for crying out loud. Now look at this. He just mutters. Oh, come on. Scum, MJF. Wardlow getting whipped like a government mule by MJF. That coward. Come on now. Where's the security now? Get them out of here. And Wardlow's still handcuffed. It's choking. Get them out of here. What the hell? Wardlow's back looks in inhuman. MJF. Dynamite diamond ring, Tony. Yes. Las Vegas, here they come. There is no more disgusting individual in our sport than MJF. Truly the bottom of the barrel. He's the worst human being on, on oh, not a C4. And remember, Wardlow has to face Sean Spears in a steel cage match with MJF as a if he wants to face MJF and double or nothing, and look at this, MJF getting his referee's practice in. Counts the pitfall. This may be one of the most worst things I've ever seen. Look at me. This is your fate next week. You ain't seeing the pay-per-view, boy. You ain't seeing the pay-per-view. California, weighing 209 pounds, Johnny And what an ovation, ladies and gentlemen, this talented, athletic young man, making his AEW debut, but Lord of mercy, look who's on the other side of the ring, Samoa Joe. Well, we know the identity of one of two Jokers here tonight in the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament. Of course, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, drawn the other Joker on the other side of the bracket. He goes by many names, but tonight he is Johnny Elite, and he is battling Samoa Joe. Boom! In the God almighty, inside out, upside down, angle my guts and let me go home. He knocked him into a tornado that time. Just spun it. Woo! Samoa Joe, Johnny Elite fighting for a spot in the semifinal round of the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament. Remember, folks, it's a single elimination tournament. Inverted atomic drop. So there's no second chances. You gotta win or you're going to the house. Oh, oh. Sits out with a massive senton. 
Hooks the near leg. Johnny, though, able to kick out. Well, Joe was a little frustrated. That, that's not the cover he would have he would ideally desired. And just a special programming note, this Friday you can catch Rampage at an earlier start time, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central on TNT. This Friday, Rampage at a special time. Find us if you can because it's damn sure worth the look. It is, JR. Good call. Look at this, man. Johnny just spiked for all he's worth here. Body shots again, oh. and Johnny, oh, man, that's... Does he have the strength to get Joe up? Oh! Hell of an effort. I got, I got to give him that to try to get him up on top. Fans of the front row felt that one. That shot ringing out through the Fertitta Center here. Two. Oh, again. Big time shot delivered by Samoa Joe. Johnny Elite really, really was looking good earlier, but Samoa Joe now just lowered the boom here. Yeah, the, the mass, the power, all, all these strikes hurt. They were brought with great force from, a, from an amazing athlete that's 300-plus pounds. Is he going for the muscle buster here? It certainly looks like it. Johnny has to know this is coming. Yeah, Johnny's got to fight out of this, man. Even, even though these two men have never wrestled one-on-one -on -one before, they both know each other's game. Yeah, fought out of it, JR. Johnny springs out. Oh, got one more move may do it. And now Johnny Elite to the top. Will he punch his ticket to the semifinals? Winner lose, here we go. Oh. 450 splash, two, no. That was not, a, again, big chance, high risk, and it was off just this much. He's a little bit too far away for the 450 to be that effective. But that knee strike from Johnny Elite caught Joe flush on the chin. Yes, it did. Now he's got him in position here. Delver Wrestling Match, ladies and gentlemen. Our kickoff here tonight on, here on TBS. Johnny. Wild Card Wednesday. Oh, wow. Oh, Joe with the knees up. And now oh, look, look at look Joe. Palm strikes. Heavy-handed palm strikes. <laughs> Open-handed shots. Here he goes again. Bull rushing Johnny Elite to the corner. Joe's got a move. a monster. My God, the power. Woo, man. A hell of a wrestling match. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a second. Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dunn with a pipe in hand. Look at this. Satnam Singh. One in a million as Sanjay Dunn calls him. That's a big son of a bitch, I'll tell you that right now. Samoa Joe has advanced, let's not forget about that, but right now he's in big trouble. He's advanced, but he's in harm's way here, and the pipe is in the hands of oh. Jay Lethal on the arm, on the left arm, right on the shoulder. Jay Lethal with the pipe, and look at this, Trent Beretta, Rocky Romero, Chuck Taylor with chairs in hand, trying to even the playing field. And I'm not so sure that they're not still outnumbered. That is a massive human being. Well, uh, Joe is in bad shape here, guys. He's in bad shape. But it's been clear since Joe, Joe arrived here in AEW, he has been in the sights of Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh. And that just continues here tonight. Good thing that Joe's got friends, and he does.
Shivani, and now the PWC, the Pro Wrestling Coalition is on the air for the most exciting two hours of professional wrestling podcasting in the world. We're going to put butts in seats and ears to the streets. And now, here are your hosts, Jimmy T and Jeff Lippman. Wednesday night skirmish. I'm your host Jimmy T. Taking over from Chris, who's on uh, location in Canada somewhere. But that's okay because my co-host for the evening is a doctor. Is he evil? Who knows? I don't know. But it's Dr. Jeff Limber. Welcome back to the skirmish. Thank you for coming back on. How's things? Shoved Chris into the bunghole, and I took his star power here. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna skirm a little bit on the skirmish. We're gonna skirm on the skirmish for our yeah, skirmites skirm. out there. The skirmites, that's right, our skirmites. <laughs> Shout outs to the professor for actually giving us that tag or giving the listeners the tag of the skirmites who listen to the skirmish every Wednesday night. But anyway, enough Love of the skirmites. I just want to shout out to the PW Hustle also, where you can find the skirmish just quietly. But anyway, Jeff, let's move on to Dynamite. Um I actually enjoyed this show. I thought it was actually a much better show than even the week before and the week before that. Am I tripping or, or am I right? You can be both. Um, oh, because I okay. enjoyed it too. It was all over the place. It, it, was, it, it was riddled with flaws, but uh, and it had a little bit too much of that crash TV that they had started to get away from. But yeah, the last mm. two weeks, in my view, have been better than the preceding five or six weeks. Like ever since like the last pay-per-view, I, I really found it to be pretty stale um this week was entertaining but i had a lot of critiques about it but the audience you'll have to wait for them in due course oh i can't wait jeff i can't wait 
But uh, yeah, look, <laughs> it it was it was a weird sort of Crash TV style show, and it's, in many ways, I do kind of enjoy that style in, in a dumb way, right? When you're just watching it, that is, without critiquing it. I mean, there's always something to critique when it comes to that style. But nevertheless, shit moves on quickly, and I felt that the show actually went by pretty fast. Yeah, there were only a, a couple segments that dragged, and uh, as it turns out, they, they shouldn't have, because that cut off the main event, but uh, I guess I'm jumping ahead, aren't I? Well, not really, because I just want to add about the main event. It's funny, because I got some, uh, what do you call it, some more time. So when Dynamite went off the air for you, I, I assume, I got actually some extra footage on Fight TV, so... I saw an extra four or five minutes once the show actually ended with no commentating. And to say that Sting got a beatdown is an understatement, Jeff. Well, when it went off for me um, was when he was about to have his leg, his ankle, pilmanized. And it like cut off like a second before they were about to deliver the blow to the pilmanized position, ankle, on, you know, through the chair. Um, and I thought it was just my DVR. And then I saw people on Twitter posting the end, and then that's where it happened live. I mean, so, uh, yeah, I, I guess everyone watching TNT uh, got the same thing. Um, but you, I knew something was wrong when it was main event time, and it was like 9.53 or 9.54. And, you know, they don't really get an overrun on TNT. They, they, they really rarely have, if at all. And if they do, they make a big deal about it so that you you know, know to stay watching till the end. So I knew something was weird and, and it dawned to me only afterwards. I'm like, Jesus, it's, it's just, they're back to having time management issues. And wow, they really could have cut that Serena deep thing in half. And that, and the Jericho appreciation society thing that should, that could have been cut down by a third, probably would have been better if it was faster. Um, but yeah, that, that was, that was weird. What did you, what did you see? Or do you want to let us know at the end? Right. Well, I'm glad you asked because at the end, funny enough, and obviously you didn't see it in all our, or all our, all the viewers that were watching on TNT, but um, put it this way, uh, Kyle O'Reilly put on a leg lock on Sting at the end of the show and everyone was just beating him down. No one was helping out Sting. Everyone was beat up, but Sting copped a beating to the point where it makes me think, is he going to get some time off now? You know what I mean? But then again, because most of the viewers didn't actually see what happened, Maybe they'll just, you know, push it aside and and act like it never happened. But Sting absolutely got a beat down and a half to the point where I'm thinking, I'm not even sure if he'll be around next week. Well, I mean, you shouldn't after a pilmanization. I mean, you should be off TV for at least two weeks, if not longer. Right. Um, I don't know. You know, it's it's weird because they didn't show it on Rampage and they had two days to splice right. it in. So I, I don't quite get it. I mean, I know that they love their little segments, but really the Mark Henry segment doesn't really add much to it except for putting Mark Henry on TV. I mean, they could have put the beatdown in there, um, you know, or, you know, save the Hookhausen skit, you know, the, the vignette for another time. Um, not that that wasn't sort of funny, but, you know, sort of sports entertaining. <laughs> it absolutely was sports entertaining. And let's be honest, actually, you bringing up that that Hookhausen sort of uh, vignette or segment, whatever you want to call it, let's be honest, it was just a throwback to all these old school movies, dude. <laughs> like, seriously. 
Sure. And I mean, listen, Dan Housen obviously is not in, you know, peak, peak shape, but he's obviously someone who exercises. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so he's like looking like he's never seen anyone exercise before. Uh, I mean, maybe demons don't have to exercise to be in, in nominally good shape. Maybe that's the secret. Um, but it was silly. But I, I, now we've now we've skipped for off of uh, dynamite into rampage. So we're really tripping the life. Fantastic here. Oh, well, that's all right. I mean, we'll, and we'll get to that on Uncaged later on. But uh, I just wanted to throw it out there. And the, and the thing is, if people don't, or especially people who have never seen Dan Housen actually wrestle before, make no mistake about it, he can actually wrestle. Right, Jeff? Uh, so I've heard, but I've mostly just seen him do comedy stuff. I mean, I've seen him, he can do wrestle role with the comedy stuff. Whether he can actually wrestle or not in, in the chain wrestling, you know, hold, counter hold, catch wrestling oh, kind of wow. way. I don't know. I don't really care. That, that's, you know, to me, that's not all that interesting. Maybe we're expecting too much. No, but really, he can actually wrestle. But I'm not saying your catches can catch canned style of wrestling, but just he can wrestle, put it that way. But anyway, yeah. let's move on to Dynamite. And uh, we're coming from live from the Farida Center. Or is it? Yeah, the Farid, or the Fritita Center in Houston, Texas, and your commentators for the evening is Excalibur, Jim Ross, and Tony Schiavone. And it's Wild Card Wednesday, Jeff, meaning we find out the two Joker entrants in the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Other than that, we have two Dynamites left before Double or Nothing, and that means it's, start, it's time to start hammering out a few more matches on the card, Jeff. Dynamite is raw. <laughs> Absolutely, Dynamite is raw. And speaking of raw, we pretty much get a raw matchup in your Owen Hart Foundation tournament first round. Samoa Joe versus Johnny Elite. Johnny Elite. <laughs> wow. Did he get a pop or what, man? I, for a minute, I thought, was that piped in? Because that pop was, that's probably the loudest pop I've ever heard anyone give Johnny Elite. I, I am a giant John Hennigan, John Morrison, Johnny Muno, Johnny Impact, Johnny Nitro, Johnny Elite fan. I, I'm a, a little bit disappointed that it's just a one-off, uh, but not really because, you know, I, I still harbor some um, delusion. The WWE will say we've made a giant mistake and we need to hire back to 12 or 15 people and then he should be, you know, uh, in, in the first half dozen of those for sure. Um and I, I saw the criticism of the match in a couple of spots that weren't perfect, but I thought this was a really fun match. I thought it was really good. I don't remember ever seeing this matchup before. I don't remember thinking this is a matchup I wanted to see, but once I saw them together, I'm like, I sort of want to see this matchup. And yeah. this is the best I've seen Joe look in years. And he yeah. was delivering palm strikes quickly, and, and palm strikes usually are laughable in wrestling. These palm strikes actually look like they hurt. So I don't. I thought I thought it was really good, and... Uh, you know, and it's not a hard loss. I mean, you know, I was afraid that the the RH crowd were going to interfere and cost Joe the win, and it was going to be, you know, someone, you know, someone else. You know, I, I thought it was going to be Cesaro, um, which would just clutter up the roster. So, you know, again, as much as I love John Morris, and there's no reason to clutter up the roster anymore. So, anymore. So, I thought it was really good. I was I was very pleased with it. It was about ten minutes long. 
you know, what can you tell? What, what, what can you say? I was happy. I, it's, <laughs> right, right, no, and you know what? I'm glad you said also about how a lot of people online felt that the match kind of sucked. I, I don't understand why people thought that because, sure, there was a botch here and there, especially with uh, Johnny Elite jumping off the top rope where he'd done his uh, flip move yeah. and kind of landed on his knees and then sort of yeah. went forward, if you know by, what I mean. By the way, Charlotte does that all the time with her moonsault, which is because she can't hit a moonsault. But, but right. I, you know, maybe it was on purpose. Maybe it was missed. Whatever. He, you know, in real life, when you try to do a fight, sometimes you miss and you and you adapt. So I didn't mind it because he didn't miss us. There was, there was no delay. It didn't look like I missed. I got to do this now. Well, that's what professionals do, right? I mean, some guys that look like a deer in the headlights once they fuck up. But no less, it was great. I felt it was a great match. I don't understand the heat behind the match. I actually, like what you just said, I didn't know I wanted to see this match until I actually saw it. And for whatever reason, these two gelled well. And I didn't even realize that it was actually their first time in a match ever. I, I didn't realize that too. I, I knew I had not seen them before, but yeah, uh, I didn't know that either. But I, I thought they worked well together. I mean, Morrison's a consummate professional. Of course, Joe is as well. And, it, you know, he's really improved his stamina. And physically, he looks different than even when he first joined Ring of Honor or whatever, whatever he joined, you know, AW a, a Ring of Honor 7.0, whatever it is now. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that like I said, I, I thoroughly enjoyed this match. This is something that this is one of the things that AEW does well. You get something that you're not expecting that you probably, you know, didn't didn't get anywhere else, and you know, realize that you want to see it, and then they deliver it. Yes, it's two over forty former WWE guys in the opening segment again. Yes, I, you know, I can say it's all blue in my in the face. I'll just get it out of the way once. AEW is no longer an alternative to WWE. It's just alternate WWE. Uh, but in some ways they do it better. So there you go. Well, right. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it is. It's pretty much WWE. But anyway, late in the match, Jost hits a big boot and then chopping Elite down. The muscle buster is then loaded up, but Elite takes him down and goes up top. The 450 connects with Elite's knee hitting a good bit short, like I was saying earlier, for a two. But Joe is right back with the muscle buster for the pin in 10 minutes and 21 seconds. Joe moves on. And like we were both saying, it was a great match. So, yeah, I can't complain. But post-match, Jay Lethal, mm. Sanjay Dutt, and Sandam Singh come, come in to take Joe out with a pipe. I mean, this pipe fucking deal, seriously. I'm son I, I don't even want to see this matchup, Jeff. I don't want to see Sandam Singh versus friggin' some old Joe. I feel like even TK himself doesn't really know how to actually book this matchup or how to move forward with it. Because essentially, we see the same shit week in, week out. Exactly. And part of the problem is that right now, I'm not sure he's so secure in his regular TV that, you know, he certainly hasn't worked out or announced. There's been no rumors about ROH TV. So right. where is this match going to hold up? I mean, you know, I, I understand why you would want your own version of almost versus Lashley. But <laughs> it's a poor man's version. Singh isn't almost and <laughs> no. Joe isn't Lashley. <laughs> Um, oh hell no! But Joe is but, Joe, though. You know what I mean? That's not. A, let's not, not get that twisted. He's great. So on the plus side, pipe to the shoulder. I mean, you know, so they have the injury thing. So that's probably going to be the reason why Joe loses next round. Um, bad stuff. Joe gets rescued by Rocky Romero and the best yeah, friends. Right. 
I was going to get to that. Absolutely. I do not want Samoa Joe to be stuck <laughs> with the best friends. He, he, should, he should see these guys and go, oh, no. you know what? I'd rather be beaten down by these guys. You guys get the fuck out of here. 100% agree with you, man. If I was Joe, in fact, I'd go to TK and say, what the fuck are you booking me to do here, right? And I also want to say something else, and that is that clearly there's a discount on Hawaiian-themed pajama because <laughs> we have Chuck Taylor, Jake Hagar, and the Young Bucks all basically shopping at the same store. Actually, you're right. It's true. It's a pajama party in AEW, dude. I mean, I guess that's what's fucking in right now, right? I mean, shit. It's the body slamming us. <laughs> but, I mean, super kick parties are out. Pajama parties are in. It's a super slumber party, Jeff. Oh, how romantic. Yeah, that's right. I mean, shit. Racy. Man. These guys are racy. <laughs> in what way, though, Jeff? <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. I'm, I'm not touching that Greeker. Oh, 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 well, I wasn't referring to that. I, I know what you're thinking, but I wasn't, I wasn't meaning that. But anyway. I wonder why I would on. think you're going in that direction, since that's nine out of ten times the direction you're going in. No, no, well, I was actually – anyway, forget it. Let's just not go there. But anyway. Yes, infidels. <laughs> yeah, yalla. Shout-outs to Bin Hamin and the whole Hamin family. But uh, we, we also – like you said, the best friends make the save. Big deal. I don't know when that match is going to happen. I'm talking about uh, – Send him sing and some old Joe. Hopefully, it just doesn't happen. And like you said, hopefully, I'm being serious, Jeff. And hopefully, he doesn't join best friends or chaos for that matter. But we'll wait and see what happens with that anyway. Anyway, we look back at Jeff Hardy getting banged up last week against Darby Allen, which is still cringy, in my opinion. Wait, wait, the, did they call them chaos this, this time? No, they didn't actually, which I was actually thinking weird? that at the time. Because that breaks the law. When Rocky Romero's there, they call him chaos. But when right. he's not there, they're best friends. Hmm. This is weird. It's weird. And he's got his eye patch back on, which means Rapungi 2K are back, dude. Permanently, they said, mind you. Ridiculous. No, nobody wants <laughs> to see. And by the way, audience, I know when I say nobody that there are people who want to do it. What I'm saying is 90% of the people don't care about Rapungi vice. And that includes me, too. But anyway... We move on to a segment where the Young Bucks come up to see the Hardys being cleared to wrestle tonight. The Bucks have been praying for him all week, but Jeff wants that Christian as fuck bullshit out of here. Jeff has a tournament win, and Matt threatens violence if the Bucks interfere. Matt calling the Bucks Hardy cosplayers. Was that funny, Jeff? Because there's a lot of truth to that. It, it was funny, but I was having trouble getting past the matching pajamas and just how bad at talking Matt and Jeff Hardy are. Yeah, well, it's never been this strong suit, let's be honest. And I mean, even the Bucks, even though the Bucks have improved big, like tenfold since a few years back, but let's be honest, all four of them really can't talk. And let's just wait for the matchup. Because you know, come double or nothing, there's going to be some bullshit ending to that match or something, right? Where we're going to move on to a tables, ladders, and chairs. This is going to be Edge and Christian versus the Hardys all over again, Jeff. Well, probably move for move, but. I, I don't feel like there's any excitement over this match. I, I, I feel like even the AEW audience has sort of figured out the formula and they're like, yeah, we were sort of into the Bucks, like going for championships and, you know, maybe this internal, you know, fake bullet club fight. We, we, we were down for that, but now the Hardys too. It's like, it's like a distraction. We we're, we're not really interested in this. Um, 
you know, we saw Jeff do what he can do. We were a little bit interested in him and Darby. I mean, maybe now that Sting's interested uh, or injured, they could they could have a Darby Jeff alliance. Uh, but no, they're they're sticking with what they think is the exhibition match, and probably because this is this was Tony Khan ten years ago when he was a little you know a young twenty nine year old uh, with <laughs> yeah. the mind of an eleven year old. This was yeah. probably his dream match then. Well, we did get it a few years. Actually, in fact, the night before WrestleMania, when the Hardys debuted once again in ROH in, right. in a ladder match, I think it was, which was yeah. a banger of a match, mind you, in Ring of Honor. But nevertheless, but most nobody people- watched Ring of Honor. Right. By nobody this right. time, I mean ninety nine out of hundred wrestling fans did watch Ring of Honor. Right. So I guess we're going to get it all over again. But you saying that it feels like nothing. It's not an exciting sort of build to the match. Is because there's really no build, Jeff. Think about it. Where's the build to the so-called feud? I mean, well, it's been all over the place. It's, right, it's Adam Cole. The Bucks were right. supposed to watch the click while Omega was away. Then Callis oh, went what away. What happened to too. that? Right. Then, then we had Jay White come in and out, and like a sorcerer, <laughs> <a> puff <laughs> of smoke. He's in. He's out. Then he's back. <laughs> then he's gone again. He's Adam Cole's good friend. Then he forgets his name. The crowd finally recognize him. We don't see him again. I, I mean, Bullet Club is fine. The Super Elite is fine. We hate Kyle. We love Kyle. And a message. Message. Yeah. So this, this, I, I don't know. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, it's another storyline get, getting dropped because they, you know, picked up another free agent. And this is a Tony Khan fantasy match. And, you know, what can I tell you? Well, speaking of uh, angles not being completed, whatever happened to the Hangman Adam Page and the Bucks little thing happening? Nothing? Um, I guess, yeah, that's on hiatus too. Um, but I guess that's a good segue because that was not the next match, the uh, Hangman Page match. It actually was. And what a match it actually was. And when we're talking about Hangman Page versus Konsuke... Takeshita. It sounds like Takeshita, though, Jeff, but uh, it's Takeshita. I think, it's, I think they pronounce it Takeshita. Oh, yeah, Takeshka. But I don't understand how they do that because it sounds like Takeshka with a K, but it's Takeshita. Well, that's just because that is I. the... Well, it, it's not actually written in English. We're just translating into English. I mean, it's written right. in Japanese, so it's 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 phonetics. It's, it's, anglic, it's anglicization of a non-anglicized name. So there you go. Well, anyway, it's a non-total match. You don't have any problems with Shinsuke Nakamura. Instead, you don't say Shinsuke. Right, but the first name is not the problem. You don't say Asuka, you say Asuka. Right, but I understand that, right, when it comes to their first name. it's the same thing. Well, Takashita, it should be Just treat the E like the U, ignore it. Whatever, whatever. I can't help it because whatever. What was it again? Takshika, whatever the hell. It doesn't matter because we're we're not going to see this guy again. Can I say one thing? This come on. This was this Takeshita, whatever his however you pronounce it properly. Right. He's a six foot two, six foot three Japanese wrestler. Got a good look. Got a good build. He's young. He's going to get bigger. He's crisp. It looks like these guys have worked together a hundred times. Apparently, apparently they've never worked together before. This was a great match in a vacuum, but in the context of what's going on with Adam Page, terrible. 
Um, he should be wrestling mad. He should be mess- wrestling aggressive. He should be killing whoever he's against, no matter who it was. So if you want to showcase Takeshita for whatever reason, put him against Brody King or put him against, you know, Phoenix or Angelico or someone else or have Adam Page against someone that could be sacrificed. You know, it would be great to have him go against someone in the Dark Order and, and show there's no mercy in his heart because he's angry. He's going to kill Punk. This should not have been a 12-minute competitive match. Again, folks, this was a great match, but the context of the story is Adam Page is your world champ. It made him vulnerable, look vulnerable, and, and almost beaten by someone that 99% of the audience had never heard of or seen and have already forgotten. They said 99.9% of the audience have never seen or heard. Heck, I didn't even know who the fuck he was, and I pretty much know a lot about Japanese wrestling, so... I should tell you something, Jeff. I knew he was because I have seen him on some other YouTube show. He's on Excursion here, so he's. I think he was on New Japan Strong. I think he's been on some. I think he's been on some other shows. No, I'm not sure about that, but I'm sure that I've seen him because he works for DDT. So, and and which is comedy wrestling, ninety percent of the time, anyway. But uh, anyway, well, he's too good. He's too good for that stuff. And and absolutely, he, he might be a star one day. And I'm, you know, he's not tiny and all that. But this was just. Right match, but wrong place, wrong time. Uh, you know, I don't, you know. And, spot on. And that's the story of Adam Page's run. Great matches, but almost all of them didn't make any sense, weren't completely the wrong context and treated him the wrong way. He's well, never been right. built to be a champion. He still feels like a like a contender working his yeah, way out. Perfectly put, actually. He does feel like a contender, and you're right. He should be wrestling like he's angry, like he's mad, where he needs to take it out on somebody. But instead, we get all these showcase fucking matches. I mean, and let's be fair here, Jeff. Even if it was Kenny Omega as champion or if it was CM Punk as champion, it doesn't matter who they wrestle. It could be Alan Angels from the Dark Order. It could be Evil Uno. You're still going to get a 10, 15-minute match against some nobody where it looks like the champion absolutely struggled to get the win. They doing AEW, man. I know. Well, they shouldn't, and they were, it's not helping Adam Page, especially since you know all of their other champions were marquee names. He's not. He's he's someone that everyone says will be a marquee name, and I had doubts about that. And those those doubts have been verified. They've been validated as opposed to being proven. He's a great worker. You know who are great workers? Intercontinental champions are great workers. TV champions right. are great workers, and that and that's what he feels like. And this, and I don't think this is his fault. I think this is the booking, but who knows? I, I, I have no idea. In any case, I mean, if you were just to watch, just looking to watch a great match, you love this. But if in the context of the story, no. But Adam Page, even in the confrontations with Punk, consistently looks like the Punk. I mean, this time also, he's the one who sort of yeah. walked away. He sort of ran off, and Punk is still standing there. The crowd's chanting CM Punk, and he's walking with his arms gestured like, what? What? What you going to do? Nothing. He did nothing. He walked away. Yeah, man, I'm hating this build. This build sucks. And even worse, even during the match, you you hear Punk sort of absolutely put Hangman down. But by the end of it, he's like, this is what I have to contend with, folks. This right here, which is going to be almost impossible to get the win. But I'll be there, you know, and I'll be fighting for the championship and whatnot. And I'm thinking, dude. You said one thing at the, at the start of the match, and now you're saying it's going to be a real hard match for you. Well, no, anyway. No what cowboy me. talks like that? Did Stan Hansen talk like that? Did Blackjack Mulligan talk like that? Did JBL talk like that? 
No. Not even JBRI. No. It's fucked up, dude. I mean, but anyway, look, it was an untitled match and see if easy beat on stable boy shit, not cowboy shit. Yeah, well, I didn't even hear a cowboy shit chant, to be fair. <laughs> Why? Why would anyone chant from at this point? Well, you got a point. Page starts page page starts fast and knocks him to the floor. But but Takesh goes back in with some strokes of his own. They're heading to the apron with Paige taking him down again. As we take a break, Jeff, back with Takeshka, a blue sun bomb. The buckshot lariat is counting into a jumping knee and stalling German suplex plants Paige again. They go up top with Takeshka hitting a heck of a forearm to knock Paige to the mat. Paige pops right back up with a disc lariat and a buckshot lariat, but doesn't cover. Instead, it's the GTS. Punk got him right where I want him. That's what he says on commentary for the pin at 12 minutes and 12 seconds. I've already I've already said my piece on this. I mean, great move for move. They work well together. Everything looked hard hitting. Absolutely. I mean, I would have given this a, a B minus. Say, I mean, it was. I actually think it was the match of the night. To be honest. It, I mean, if it was an exhibition match, I, I would have I would have loved it. But in the context, I mean, to me, wrestling is stories. So I'm not that interested in in the dance. The dance is just supposed to help it and not hurt it. Um, this, as good as the dance was. It hurt the story for me as, you know, because the story is not supposed to be Hangman Page is the scrappy guy who just ekes out wins. He's supposed to be the tough guy. He's the cowboy, cowboy shit. And that's not how I feel about him. I feel like he he's the guy who, you know, took him two tries to, to beat Brian. His first title defense was a time limit draw. He had, you know, two Texas death matches with an undeserving Lance Archer. I mean, it's, it's just been that then. And then Cole somehow manipulates him into a second shot after he loses clean. I, you know, it, none of it's made sense. I mean, if anything, it's been sort of WWE booking in that people get rematches for reasons. Um, but you know, I, I, I've been saying it for months. So have you? So is Jargo. So so right. Probably Chris has too. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. The four pillows. We, we <laughs> yeah. we've all been saying that you only have a few years to make money with this form of CM Punk. It's time to if you want to take aw to the next level you you, you got to put the title on him you got to make him the the your franchise player if it doesn't work out you got plenty of next tier guys you still got jericho you got mox you got brian you uh, you know you can go back to page you have miro there there's a whole bunch of guys you got keith lee you you can elevate a guy like Hobbs. starts i mean aw's got no shortage of options not you could heat up malachi black again you could pretend andrade means something again jeff hardy whatever you have tons of options that would be acceptable as a world champion i agree but they've got too many they've got too many guys and they don't know what the fuck to do with them, man. And, and even when they think they know what to do with them, it's always becoming pretty lackluster, all these angles. But it is no one would is. know what to do with all these people. It's it's it, they have they have probably three too many rosters. Yeah. Well, uh, well either I know he's going to probably catch heat, but maybe it's time to extend Rampage to two hours, Jeff. It could be. Uh, you know, I. I yeah, why not? I mean, I guess they don't want to go against uh, SmackDown, but maybe don't go 10 to 12. But it's so important that the movie starts at 11. Yeah, true. Well, anyway, we move on to the next match between Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee versus the walk, the work horseman. 
Uh, not much to really say about this other than uh, they win in about two minutes and 21 seconds. And I'm talking about Swerve and uh, Keith Lee. Uh, it was just a showcase of them two, I guess. I thought it was really good. I mean, this this is something, you know, it wasn't a competitive match. This was a squash. Keith and, and Swerve haven't worked together that much, but I've liked what I've seen. Keith does not look lumbering. He doesn't look slow. I don't know if the having Swerve be, you know, doing the workhorse is covering up for it or whatever, or if he's slowly getting back into better shape, or all of that was exaggeration. People just forgot that, uh, you know, an aging 340-pound man slows down. Um, <laughs> but it's good. I like this team. I, and, you know, and... I don't know what happened to the rest of the wingmen. I don't really particularly care, uh, but this, this was good. I, I have no issues with this match. I enjoyed everything about what happened afterwards, which I'm sure you're going to get into, um, with the exception of I still think Jurassic Express is, is a bunch of losers. I will agree with you 100%. And speaking of the post-match, Lee says they are a top five team, but here is Team Taz to interrupt. Ricky Starks calls Lee... Rex from from Toy Story, but Strickland <laughs> says Starks looks like a bar of soap with a pearl necklace on. That was great, dude. It was awesome. <laughs> that was great, and and he used the perfect wording to like not catch any heat, if you know what I'm saying. Well, I mean, he literally was in a powder blue matching like cabana top and shorts, like he, like he'd be golfing, but it was like a unicolor outfit. Well, what's even more crazy? Why pills, dude? What's wrong with this guy? He probably does it on purpose. I mean, that, that's that's like sort of like a Miami look. It's sort of like a, oh, no, I don't no, care. No. I'm so cool. I don't care that I'm dressed like an old man. <laughs> I, I, it, it's so or it's so lady. out that it's in. He's like Macklemore. He's he's popping collars. Vintage. Oh, God. Well, speaking of vintage, cue in Jurassic Express with Christian Cage to interrupt. Christian says they are the best and I got your grandfather's clothes. Right, I look right. incredible. <laughs> well, yes, and uh, and they are the best in the triple threat challenge you thrown out for double or nothing deal. Oh, and for a bonus, let's do jungle. Did we call this weeks ago that this was going to end up being a triple threat? We right, we did. It's funny because it's pretty easy to actually predict like weeks ahead the way AEW like tends to book their shit, but no less. Mm -hmm. We, we are going to do a Jungle Boy versus Ricky Starks versus Swerve Strickland next week, Jeff. Right. Ed, Edge. Diet Edge keeps volunteering uh, Jungle Jack for th three ways where he's where he's at a disadvantage and, and Jungle Jack is starting to side-eye him. I, I, you know, he always is, but I mean, the funny thing is his father was a really good actor and he was sort of a minimalist actor. Was, I liked Luke Perry, dude. I'm not going to lie. I used to watch 90210 when I was young. Jungle Boy has zero. He inherited none of it. Just these looks. And he, you know, even when he does the side eye and he's supposed to look annoyed, like he sort of cracks a smile. Yeah, I know. I agree, man. He, he, Jungle Boy looks like the type of guy that can just not be angry, dude. I wonder if him and Anna Jay actually even fight. Like, seriously. Please, they're not really together. You don't think so? That's a cover. Oh, 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 how about we leave it at that? Because after what Jeff is implying, I think we need to take a break, Jeff. That's so, right. She's and... totally a lesbian. <laughs> nice. Nicely played. In saying that, I'm Jimmy T. He's Jeff Lehman, and we'll be back after this short message. 
Hello, this is Homeboy88 for the Video Game Connection. Join us weekly for the most entertaining video game podcast you'll ever hear. Join Ivan, Big Tom, and myself as we review the latest games, up-to-date gaming news, and game previews all in comedic form. It's a jam-packed hour of ear fun with our own video game rap songs. Listen to the Video Game Connection wherever you listen to podcasts, except Walmart. Never Walmart. Keep gaming and keep listening to the Video Game Connection. And we're back. And um, we're just talking about uh, good old jumping Jack Perry, Jeff. Not not exactly having the same charisma as his old man, formerly known as Luke Perry. And uh, and let's be honest, I mean, he's a good-looking kid, but he's not the heartthrob that his old man was. No, he's not. And, you know, the more and more wrestlers they bring in, the more and more, you know, tiny or diminutive he looks, the, the smaller his personality looks. I know they haven't given up on him, and I have a feeling they're going to turn him heel. Um, I think, hopefully, because it'll be something different, at least, with him. Yeah, I, I could see them trying to do like a Mr. Robert Gibson or Mr. Rick, Richard Morton, or or when they tried the same thing with Tommy Rich. I, I don't think it'll work, it but, nah. you know. But there you go. It's, uh, I don't know. It, it, it's just it's a thing. Um, Edge, all that, what's Edge? Christian also doesn't do anything for me. I mean, I was never really much of a Christian fan. I know that's, uh, you're not allowed to say that. But anyway, well, I mean, he, come on. What? You can say that, man, because I was never the biggest Christian fan either. But I respect him enough for, you know, his longevity. And he's a good worker. I mean, he does, in my opinion, he doesn't outwork everyone. But no. nevertheless, he's still I a mean, good worker. Listen, everyone knows I'm a sizist. So he was one of those guys I'm just like, I never I never wanted to see as a professional wrestler, not him as a human being, just because of his right, size. Right. Going back to uh, Bill Kidman and the one, two, three kid, I, I, I was never interested in, in people that look like that in wrestling, and that's never changed. I mean, say one thing about me, but you can't call me inconsistent, or when I am, I know it, and I will I will fess up to it. And if I have a reason for it, I'll enumerate it. And if I just say, it just it, I, I have no idea why, I can't explain it, it's just the way I feel, I'll say that too. But um, I don't know. I mean, I, I have to wonder what poor Luchasaurus is thinking because he's like, everyone, I'm just standing here doing nothing. And he's, hey, he, yeah. he's, put, he's putting Jack into three ways and then, you know, going for FTW belts and whatever. Uh, you know, didn't he already lose the FTW belt? I mean, isn't it my turn? Shouldn't I be showcased? I'm the guy who's 6'5", 275. I'm the one who looks like a wrestler here. Why are you ignoring me? He's the one who should go heel on both. Everyone expects either Edge to turn heel or, or Jungle Jack to go heel. Luchasaurus should be the one that goes, he's a he's a dinosaur, for God's sake. He's not Barney the dinosaur. He's Godzilla. We're hoping he's not Barney the dinosaur. But anyway, I mean, and I do think we will get a Luchasaurus and Edge. I mean, sorry, Christian. Um, turning heel. I, I strongly believe that. I do think Christian will be the one that does turn, obviously, on Jumping Jack, because obviously Jumping Jack will lose that match next week, I think, right? And we're going to start getting some more frustration out of Christian. And then eventually down the road, I do think once Christian does turn, Luchasaurus will turn with him. He'll be in Luchasaurus's corner, and hopefully we get the Luchasaurus from Lucha Underground where he was a killer, man. I don't think I, I don't think that's going to happen. I, I don't think we're ever going to see Luchasaurus as a solo star in AW. I think you're more likely to have him quietly non-renewed. Wow, 
well, you heard it here first, folks. We'll see what happens there. So, yeah, we'll see. I mean, that's interesting that you would say that. And to be honest, I wouldn't care less if he is future endeavoured, to be fair. Jeff? Okay. What's up? No, well, thought, that's it. Sorry. No, you're all right. I thought you froze up. Because I can't see oh, no, no, you. I, I didn't I'm see. looking at the know. Okay, all right. Well, anyway, we move on to MJF and Sean Spears. Uh, I've just done a We've never worked together, Jimmy. We have to get the, we have to get this chemistry going. Well, I couldn't see you because I'm looking at the notes, so that's why. Oh, sorry. Right. Okay. That's, gotcha. that's all good because even right now I can't see you because I'm looking at the notes. But anyway, we do move to MJF and Sean Spears with MJF nearly getting sick when saying he's in Houston, which is funny. He's like, coming from Houston or – uh, whatever Texas, he tells Warlow to get out of here right now. So here he he is Warlow with his hands still cuffed. MJ spits in his face, which sort of surprised me, Jeff, considering we got a breakout of pox <laughs> or something like that. Let's hope we don't get another pandemic. But anyway, monkeypox you're worried about? Well, it's it's happening, dude. It's happening in your neck of the woods, my neck of the woods. It's happening in the in Europe as well. I mean, just hopefully they they get this shit under control. Less fucking people. Apparently, it's a sexually transmitted disease. Possibly, Jeff. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, no, I don't know much about monkeypox, but I imagine it's like every other pox. But uh, I love the name well, monkeypox. I'm sorry if any of our listeners have monkeypox and are suffering through it. I hope not. <laughs> um, I'm just, listen, I have a show called Garden of Doom. I mean, obviously I embrace horrible things, you know, in the abstract. Nicely played, Jeff. Absolutely nicely played. Jeff and you can he, listen to it right here on the PWC network. Anyway, Wallow maintains his composure. MJF gets in a few whips, but Wallow doesn't flinch. Spears gets in a few whips of his own. And those woke up. Apparently, Wardlow, but MJF gets in a low blow, which was great, in my opinion, and unloads with the belt. The, di the dynamite diamond ring knocks Wardlow cold, and MJF is rather pleased with himself after that, Jeff. What do you think of this segment? It was pretty good, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I, I thought that the, these, set, I mean, listen, we've said before, this is like the tw 12 labors of, of Hercules, you know, and yeah. they sort of repeat the same story with the same main character, but... I think this is great. This has been a good showcase of Wardlow. I, I think, you know, people are like, it's Goldberg. So what? It's good. It, it, it look, it's a good visual. Um, the, the, the funniest part is when they get to the, you know, the, the training wrestlers, fake security to the real security guys. One of the security guys like put his hand out so that the, the, the trainee security guy knew to stay like two feet behind. He's like, no, we're walking. You, you wait. It's a, it was like a wedding procession. It's like, you have to wait two steps. Um, I don't know why that, that, that that caught me as, as so uh fun but yeah no i, I like the whole thing i mean you know the, the uh, again i think it should have been 12 chair shots instead of whip shots because he's going against the chairman but right absolutely whatever. good point <laughs> it was yeah whatever it was, it was, fine. It was, good. It was good look look as yeah. this has been the best angle aw have done since probably wardlow and and uh punk and and actually they're doing something right, but I still can't help but think, why is he handcuffed, topless, mind you? I know he was getting whipped, but still, you know what I mean? He was topless, handcuffed with a bunch of security guards. I still don't understand that, Jeff. I never will, but it is what it is. Anyway. It is what it is. 
Have I mentioned what my, I mean, because everyone assumes that Wardlow has to win this match to to get free. Um, Have I mentioned on on any of our shows, your shows that I'm with you on, what my alternative theory to that that could be a swerve, but can preserve Wardlow in AEW? I think think you have. And as a matter of fact, I actually agreed with you. I actually think MJF should win this, in my opinion, because let's be honest, he lost his last major angle, right? Could he really take another step at this point? He probably could. Because yeah, he's that good. good. He's, right. He's that yeah. good that it, it doesn't matter, I guess. Right. And then they could orchestrate in a way where Wardlow gets the ring somehow and hits MJF with it. I mean, easily. But just for any audience members who didn't hear it, you know, MJF could still cheat to win, preserve his win, protect Wardlow. And Wardlow can never get an AEW contract. Ha, ha, ha. Then next week, uh, there's a big announcement and the big new signing. And everyone's going to wonder if it's Cesaro or Okada or, you know, and who knows who it is. And it turns out to be Wardlow and, and, uh, and MJF goes crazy and Sean Spears is going, pulling his hair out and whatever. And he said, you can't work for AEW. You lost it. You're not the, he goes, nobody ever said that I was an AEW signing. I've been signed by ring of honor. Oh God. <laughs> I think if that was the, God, oh, if they do that, I can't help but think all this shit was for nothing. In my opinion. Everything in wrestling's for nothing. It's all fake just to keep stories going. I, mean, I get you, but how uneventful would that be, Susie? I don't see the crowd. And then we know that Wardlow it. has to win because they're not getting rid of Wardlow unless they're right. non renewing him and, and just saying, here's your ticket to, to Stanford. Go sign your contract. <laughs> well, I do think he will eventually end up in Stanford one of these days. I mean, eventually he will. I, I can see. He's the sure. he's, he's got to be one of the people that right. the WWE is targeting. And if MJF is being halfway truthful in his public negotiations, which I think he is, and if while if working with Wardlow, they become actual friends, he probably say, "Listen, dude, they're gonna love you over there." And and they let go of Cross for reasons. They're trying to build up the Steiner guy. You're as you're as good as both of them. You're better. You're better than Steiner. Um, you're bigger than him. You, you've got the size of cross, but you got vaccinated. Get, get in there, boy. Get in there. Get, get, your, get your gold. I'll, I'll, I'll see you there. And just, just like Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole are friends over here, but enemies over there, we'll be friends over there too if you want to be. Or you can do your own thing. Whatever it is, big boy, we're both going to make millions. <laughs> well, well, I'm glad you actually said that uh, MJF is talking some truths because these days, Jeff, you got to be careful what you say amongst the IWC because automatically when someone, like if you go ahead and say that publicly, some idiot's going to sit there and say to you, he's fucking working you. Can't you see it? He's in character. Yeah, he is in character. And the rest of fans always like mean, they're so smart. Right. And to work. Exactly. And that's the thing, man, right? Just because he's in character. Doesn't you know mean he ain't... Sorry? No, sorry. Go ahead. I, I should stop speaking over here. No, 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 it's all good. But I was going to just say, I mean, sure, it's, but look, what people don't understand him playing or being in character while doing those sort of worked shoot promos or like, you know, work shoot interviews, whatever you want to call them, it's the perfect cover to make you think he's working it. But really, I think he's actually speaking a lot of truths. I mean, it's heck. Why would he be lying? I mean, this is the United States. He's learned the lessons from Donald Trump and Elon Musk well. 
Say what you're going to do out loud. Say it loud. Say it proud. Post it on social media. And even if it's crime, nobody thinks of it as a crime because you told them what you're going to do. You, you write there. And, and one of the things he's doing, though, during this time, he's working. He's still working his angles. He's working Absolutely. on those shows. You don't know that there's any discord. In he's yep. still an absolute professional. And yes, I am contrasting him to other people who aren't doing the same thing. But he is doing it. And he's, what, 24? 26 that's now, smart actually funny enough he's 26 now still yeah i mean yeah that's, that's a grown-ass man but he's a grown-ass yeah, man but, but he's still exactly. young compared to yeah, us anyway but he's been, I mean, he's he hasn't been, even hit his prime yeah, and he's been and it's funny because he really he recently posted something of himself you know with his abs and in shape and going oh look look at this body oh like wrestlers are supposed to be in shape who knew <laughs> like oh, he's yeah, taking and- shots at everyone in his company Absolutely, and and the thing is, what I love about it, in in many ways, he's working the boys, and I'll use that term lightly, if you know what I'm saying, because I think the locker room probably thinks he's working everyone, and they probably don't even believe him, like in what he's saying. But I, I think, think they believe him. I so don't think good. they care. I don't think what? they care. I mean, the only person who should care is Sean Spears because he's the that's the only reason he still has a job. I mean, this is his first rabbi was Cody. Now this is his rabbi. Yeah. But everyone else, they're probably like, if he stays, cool, it's good for the show. If he goes, the top guy is gone. Now I have a chance. Absolutely agree with you 100%. So I'm glad that we both think the same way when it comes to MJF. But uh, yeah, it will be interesting come 2024, that's for sure. But we move on to Rapungi Vice throwing out a challenge to FTR. <sighs> For a Ring of Honor tag team title shot in the back, big deal. Jimmy Crack, Corn, Jeff. And- well, there's one thing. What's Before that? we had Chuck Taylor with them, now there's no Chuck Taylor. Listen, this is not a complaint. Where is, where is Chuck, Chuck Taylor? Is always a good thing, but he was just there with them. What the fuck is this? All of a sudden, he's not interested. It's like he's like Chuck. You can take the rest of the night off. I have I have my old improved tag team partner that I gave up for you. <laughs> And now they're going for all these titles that, you know, all these ancillary titles. And finally they get to the AEW. I mean, okay. Spoiler. These two jabronis aren't winning any titles. Maybe they'll win the really? IWGP Super Juniors or no. something again or whatever. Those Super Juniors. They, they're, they're not they're heavyweight win. titles, Jeff. Heavyweight. Rocky Romero, he's he's he, he's like Dan Housen says. He's, Hook can beat him up. Actually, Hook should beat him up. Um, I, never. I, I, this, this should have and could have been cut this this can be a youtube segment i know tony is in love with his japanese wrestling and tag teams of listen i will never forget rocky romero and trent beretta and ring of honor where rocky romero goes trent you don't need me anymore go off and be a world champion i remember that i bloody remember that clearly like it was trent's like yep right. i'm absolutely gonna do that rocky two weeks later best friends i got yeah. chuck taylor yay trent is <laughs> And that's why every time they have Trent, there was a, he's a good wrestler. I don't care. He doesn't deserve 14-minute matches with anybody because he's already told the world, I, I don't think I'm that good. I'm a tag team guy. So he, if you put him in singles matches, he's the guy Hangman should, should beat in four minutes. Absolutely agree with you 100%. I, I've never been a fan of Trent Beretta's. Sure, he's a good worker. And yes, I remember when he was in WB in developmental when there was hype 20 years ago about him. But it, it came to nothing. So... And he still is nothing, in my opinion, with hair or without it. I don't care. He's pretty much pretty boring. He's got no personality. He can wrestle, but that's just about it. He's just bland. Right. And, and no story that. they tease with him goes anywhere. Like, he was supposed to be, like, the one who didn't like Wheel of Yuta. Well, guess they, oh, they, yeah. they, they've, they've separated BCC from Best Friends already. So that little low-card rivalry 
It's done. Trent's not even important enough for that. Wheeler Yuta has has surpassed Trent. Yep, agree. Well, we move on to the next match in, and it's another Owen Hart Foundation tournament matchup between Kyle O'Reilly versus Ray Phoenix. And uh, I was kind of surprised that Kyle O'Reilly got the win, dude. But but should I be? No, because I told the world that they're going to have Colin O'Reilly in the finals, and that's what this this was. It was obvious as it was fairly obvious in the beginning. It became clear as day once Cole was visibly upset with Bobby Fish for not representing, not winning his match. So it's Why? definitely going to be Kyle. And then when Joe got injured, that's what it looks like. That's that's it. I don't want to see these guys again. I don't think anyone wants to see them wrestle again. Again, when I say anyone, I just mean ninety nine out of a hundred people, ninety five out of a hundred people. I realize that there's people like they're great wrestlers. It'll be a great match. It'll be a banger. Shout out with the bangers. Um, <laughs> but I mean, the, the, this thing is obviously set up for, you know, for, I mean, it just looks like in the finals, right? More of that, and which is now silly because the it seems like the young bucks are are sidetracked by this Hardy thing, which can possibly wait, uh, you know, two months for it to be the next story. They they have to, you know, sort of drop one story for this one. He, he couldn't he couldn't pin he couldn't have like a continuity thing or a little chalkboard and then. Six weeks start Bucks versus Hardy's program. Well, you're 100 percent correct. And uh check out outside Ryan. interference, the second episode. We did 13 bullet points on improving AW, and one was a continuity manager to manage these stories. Right. And I suggest anybody that hasn't listened to the AEW Outside Interference show, I suggest you do because Jeff gives out some great points and it was a great show. But anyway, O'Reilly wins. With a cross arm breaker for the tap in 11 minutes, 16 seconds, in a pretty decent back and forth type of match. But O'Reilly really looked strong in the end of it. And uh, yeah, I guess we will have him in the finals with Adam Cole, baby. But do you think Adam Cole will win the tournament or, or does he? I, I think yes, because they want Cole to win something. And I know people are saying this is being set up for Cole and Britt Baker to win. And I can't say they're wrong. I still think that Ruby Soho is going to win to make it an all uh, former WWE people winning this thing. Um, I don't know. Uh, this this tournament, I mean, feels very unimportant, partly because they haven't told us what the Owen Hart Foundation does. Secondly, because they haven't been talking about, you know, they haven't had those clever vignettes that WWE, you know, hits us over the head with every month, whichever charity they're showcasing. And most importantly, they haven't told us what happens to the winner. Does the winner get a title shot? Does the winner right. just get, there's going to be a $100,000 donation to the Owen Hart Foundation by AW in their name? Something. Give us something. I know, because really, Is it a trophy? Is it a plaque? Is it a certificate of achievement? Yeah. Is it a well done sticker? Do they get a slammy? Oh, yeah. oh, that would be awesome, actually. I'll, I'll pop for that. And then the winner goes, woo, I did it. Yeah, a trophy with Owen with two slam, with a trophy yeah. of Owen with two trophies. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be great. But you're right, man. I mean, I don't know what, what you get. I mean, didn't Don Tony put a vote out on Twitter if the winner should get a title shot? Or, I or what was the other one? A, I don't a see a lot of Don Tony's posts. Um, oh. But yeah, I, I have seen other people say, what do they get? And mostly asking questions, the others saying, what should they get? And I'm sure if I've seen the polls, I, I voted. In them. But I mean, if you make such a big deal of it, it should be a title shot. I mean, what's the one thing people say about Owen? The, the best wrestler can never get a world title, which is debatable, but he never had a world title. And 
So maybe they get a world title shot in his honor. I mean, some, there should be something to, for all of this. Maybe we get a a new title, like uh, the the Owen Hart Invitational TV Championship or something. Who knows? Something. Tony, Maybe even. A- I know I give you a hard time, but call me. I will help. I'm here to help. You can make this a perfect promotion and possibly even make a profit too. True. That's true. Well, speaking of profit, we have a Blackpool Combat Club slash Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. As William Regal and Chris Jericho have their face-to-face chat, as Je- as Jericho tends to do, the Jericho Appreciation Society comes out with the order to cut off the pyro and music. Jericho brings up the attack last week and says he thought Regal would be dead by now. Ooh, Regal gets a chuckle out of that and talks about how Regal should have been one of the best of all time given all of his skills. Instead, he wound up being a world-class addict. That was a nice burn, actually, Jeff. All, all I know is that when it was Seamus and Jeff Hardy, the world was like, this is horrible. How could you do that to him when they do it here? This is great. It's a work shoot. Oh, my God. It's so cutting and edgy. IWC, Just be consistent, man. folks. That's all I ask. Just be consistent. Right. Consistency is key. I mean, this, this is worse than Tony Storm getting pie in her face? Come on now. <laughs> if any, I don't understand. Man, I used to think professional ring fans were a little bit smarter than they are. but. Uh, to, I mean, that shows how dumb you are. <laughs> right, exactly. But uh, but but in all seriousness, everyone just bitches and complains about absolutely everything. Why was it too personal? Wasn't it the same fans that want some realism in wrestling these days? Or want more of even a sports sort of presentation? I mean, we're getting yeah, some they realism. want to be totally inoffensive. They want Dave Chappelle without Dave Chappelle's jokes. <laughs> oh boy! So they want the Attitude Era, just basically being rated G, without it, without attitude, without attitude. <laughs> so we just call it the Era without attitude, right? Right. Yeah. They just they just want something epic, and I guess in their mind, what's epic is exhibition matches, is bangers of matches. Bangers. I bro. hate that word. Bangers. bangers. That, that oh, word no. means sounds like a porno, bro. It really does. I mean, seriously, God. Seriously, anyway, I'd rather people like start selling bangers and mash all over the world so you can't say bangers anymore because <laughs> it sounds like you're saying like a dick, like a sausage. Yeah. <laughs> bangers and mash, sausage and fucking mashed potatoes. Anyway. Now, let me say this. I do like for 10 weeks, the Jericho appreciation side is the, is the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. I, lo- I do yeah, like I that. Love that. I do love that. It goes downhill from there, though. Too well, long. It, this whole thing was too a, long. It is a throwback to the old WWF intro with uh, Mean Gene Oakland, you know, at the start back in the sure, 80s. Sure, we know what it is. And, right, and right. It's, it's, that's why I like it. And I like his, like, thick Chicago, his Great Lakes area accent. Yeah, I don't even know he's from Montreal. But anyway, I mean, whatever. But... Um, <laughs> Regal's a chuckle out of all that and talks about how Regal should have been one of the best of all time. I already said that. Regal has been fired from every company he's ever worked with or worked for until he weaseled his way in here on the co- on the coattails of his protégés. Then you have Eddie Kingston, <laughs> whose face was burnt with a fireball uh, with a fireball because down to one band-aid under his hat. Right. He, yeah. he was Phantom of the Opera last week. Now he's got a band-aid. <laughs> Well, what I love about it, when he said about the fireball and then he called himself a wizard, 
I think it was was pretty great. That was a great call. Eh, he just wants to sell more merchandise. I mean, Eddie Kingston is the is the the fakest real guy there is. I mean, if you just yeah, pull up the shorts, come on, Eddie, come on. Who, who, what, what's keeping you? You've got do you have like invisible chains holding you back? It's like yeah. and, and, and how does picking up your shorts like that say you're ready to fight? Yeah, I know, man. I, I look. I'm going to say it I mean, now. Is it like you're going to run and your shorts are so low you're going to trip over them? Well, <laughs> mate, yeah, possibly. But look, look, I'm going to say it now. I don't mind Eddie Kingston, right? But let's be honest, man. He's not a professional wrestler, all right. Look, is he a guy that's going to bring in tickets? He's going to bring in people. I don't know, man. He's just a bum, in my opinion. I'm sorry, but look at him. From the neck up, he's terrific. Everyone's heard my little funny exposés on him. He's a great talker, but you can't keep saying on site, on view, we're going to put you in the ground. We're here to kill. And then and then act like there's rules. If you're going to talk that way, you have to act like there's no rules. His Everything about, I mean, his group keeps getting jumped for the most part. Or when they do, they operate Boy. within boundaries. They're not trying, like, he's he's a face now. He, he has to stop talking about how real he is when he's not acting real. I mean, it's, yeah. it's just, and he's one of the guys who's cerebral. So like, he's the one who tries to fix broken storylines. He's the one who tried to keep put himself under the bus when the exploding death match barbed wire thing oh, fizzled. He right. said it was PTSD from sirens and, and being in prison. And even that sort of made him sound like a little bit of a puss, but he, he tried, you know, and he's, he's mental like, I mean, health as well. Remember that Jeff. Oh Lord, yeah. That because all street guys, uh, you know, are are <laughs> yeah. battling that's, with depression and anxiety publicly. That's why they got the tears, man, underneath their eye. I mean, I know it means you've killed somebody, but I don't know. I don't know. That man. makes a lot it's more sense. Twenty twenty two, bro. Yeah. Right, it does. Okay. I mean, hey. Okay. And for anyone that's we seeking should, some, sorry, <laughs> we should get the PWC tattooed over here for all of our anxieties. What? Absolutely, I suggest anybody does that right, right on their forehead. Instead of getting on my fingers, I can have OCD, <laughs> and you can <laughs> yeah. have ADHD. and a PTSD. Oh, sorry, right, no, what you say? Yours, yours can be ADHD. Squirrel. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh shit, we're gonna get heat for that one, man. But anyway, good. Like I said, yeah, bring it. Jericho is a wizard, no, because of the fireball. And then you have Brian. Anyone wants to bring he heat? I will pay your five dollars so the Ayatollah slaps you. Yalla, absolutely. Then Jericho goes on to say that you have Brian Danielson, and then we pause for a yes chant. Danielson has never had a drink or taken a drug in his life, but stick with his gang. Or stick with his He's gang definitely had ayahuasca and peyote. Oh, for sure. And Regal will have him needing the program just like Moxley. Oof, another great burn by Jericho. I agree, but like I said, this this whole thing went too long. I mean, it was fine, but it should have been cut down by a third. Well, the, and well, and there was like maybe one too many addiction jokes for right. One was enough. After that, it was just like okay, enough. Well, to be fair to Jericho, I mean, if you look at those guys in, in the middle of that ring, I mean, uh, you know, one was addicted to heroin, the other one was addicted well, Jericho to Jericho is a known drinker too. Listen, the best right. I did like the comment that you'll end up in the program like Moxley, and I did like that we're gonna do whatever was stadium stamp and, and Moxley's not no, we're not doing that shit. You can call it whatever you want, but we're gonna do an arena in front of people. So I guess it's you call it arena anarchy. And so somehow by being 
disruptive he actually had the little cute phrase for it ready and so they'll sell the name of the match but okay fine listen they're they're building a card for pay-per-view and you know whatever um i just feel like Jericho, the Inner Circle 2.0 is literally the second incarnation, except it's like NXT 2.0 that it's like developmental. I mean, there's there's no heat on these guys. I mean, when people are praising 2.0 as being entertaining, that that's silly because they're. I mean, they're they're. I mean, that's clearly all they are is talkers. Hager's never been entertaining, or or has rarely been entertaining. Certainly not on his own. And Danny Garcia. I mean. In the beginning, they're like, this guy's going to be a star. Now it's like, does, does anyone even remember his name? Yeah, he's overrated, man. I mean, he can't talk for They stuck Willow Yuta in the, in the Super Junior tournament, so he's not even part of the biggest match that, that, oh, they, that this group's probably ever going to be in. Because this group's got to explode pretty soon, right? I forgot about freaking Yuta because, yeah, he wasn't part of the segment, and he is in Japan. But uh, yeah, right, well, it's funny. They, they didn't know how to make it six on six, but they don't know what to do with Guevara. Or they want to, or they had to make it five by five of us. So they sent him to the super trip. Actually, it's sort of smart. They sent him and got him out of the way. So you didn't have to explain why one guy is being left out. Yeah, true. And it's funny because I actually forgot he, about him being part of the group. And that's, that's a shame. That's because he's not a star. Right, right. Absolutely. I mean, well, anyway, Jericho tells Regal to get out of the business or the wizard will shoot a fireball in his face. Or relieve himself in Regal's tea again. And that's a throwback to 2001. But anyway, the tea gets Regal talking. The two of them have known each other since 1997. The only thing that are worse than Jericho's voice are the screams from a burning orphanage. So please be quiet. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Jericho is right about Regal's yeah. issues. But but one thing, it wasn't as good as Jericho, but, but still. But one no, thing. Has Regal's not a great talker. I don't know. Not. People should romanticize the past. He was never a good talker. Yeah, he was a great right. flower. I mean, come on. Right. Yeah, he's and a, he's hey. a good technical wrestler. Whoop de doo. <laughs> yeah, and mind you, he's part of a elite sort of uh, group, Jeff, and and that is the Vince McMahon Kiss My Ass Club. Mm. Well, okay, terrific, great. Pucker up, flower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Remember Meanwhile, the what, what what's the intonation when you call someone a flower? Is that well, woke? Uh, well, <laughs> the word depends. Is it is it widely woke? Okay. If you know what I mean. I don't. You get me? I'm. I guess I'm not widely woke. I I don't. I, 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 you <laughs> well, know, I just I. stay in my apartment and mind my own business. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, Regal will go to Jericho's bag when Jericho was was out in the ring and place a toothbrush in a certain area. I mean, we were talking about Wiley Woke. Well, I guess Regal this is was so stupid. He's stuck at dumb as this, dude. So he this, told everybody it, it doesn't even deserve was... being mentioned. It was so bad. This this is this is where they officially could have cut more time for the main event. So he's got a fetish then, I assume. Does he like sticking toilet brushes right up his keister? I mean, is that toothbrushes? Even worse. Yeah. No, this is never a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Daniel Garcia goes on and says, How could you do that to someone? Regal actually, Lauer, I did it to yours last week. <laughs> that was yuck. I'll be honest, dude. Great. I felt this segment mm -hmm. made the big black whatever combat club look sort of bad, dude. 
I'm not going to lie. But anyway, Joker loads up. I think... Sorry. No, continue. Shoosh! <laughs> yeah. Shoosh. No, I, like I said before, I, I think it started good. It, it went way too long. If, if, if both these teams had half the time, that would have been perfectly acceptable. Oh, well, I agree. I agree with you 100%. Although I just felt like Regal and uh, and the rest were, looked like deers in the headlights, in my opinion. But Joker loads up the stadium stand, like you said earlier, Jeff. Moxie says he ain't doing that shit. Moxie isn't doing that sports entertainment stuff. So let's make it anything goes with glorious violence until the society's bleeding like stuck pigs. Call it whatever you want, including wrestling versus sports entertainment. Jeff on and seems down with that and brings up the other team's history with each other, including Danielson calling Kingston a judgmental prick. Kingston to Danielson, this is what he said. You are, you are, <laughs> right, which is funny. And what's his name? Danielson just goes, well, yeah, I am. Kingston doesn't care about buy rates or ratings, though, so let's fight right now. Jericho and company leave instead, with Danielson and Kingston being ready to fight over giving chase. There were some great lines in there, but this wasn't what I had in mind for Regal versus Jericho, though, Jeff, face-to-face, especially as Regal didn't exactly get in any great lines in response to Jericho's stuff, in my opinion, Jeff. No, that, this could have been a segment where they, like a contract signing segment where they just had them, the two of them. Instead, they felt like everyone had to get their stuff. And, and with, with, except for a few exceptions, the only one that made sense to me was Mox and the whole, and the shoving thing with Brian and Kingston at the end, totally unnecessary. I mean, is that supposed to mean that there's dissension between this group that only got together a week ago? I mean, big deal. Who wants to see it? Does that mean that the Jericho Appreciation Society is going to win? I mean, it, I, I don't care. I mean, this is one of the things where who cares who wins? There's no stakes. There's zero stakes in this thing. If if one side loses, it's not like the faction needs to break up, and one of them isn't even a faction. And one of them, you have poor Santana and Ortiz again being mannequins in the back there, being stooges now for Kingston again, where he should be their manager, their manager or their or their spokesperson, but they shouldn't be the stooges. They should be the prize fighters. It's, it, you know, I don't, I don't really, you know, this will probably be an entertaining match. It'll probably have some good spots, but I don't care about the four guys in the Jericho Appreciation Society. And I really don't care that much about Jericho anymore. So it's, you know, it's, it, it's just, you know, it better delivers. That's all, I, that's all I have to say. And unfortunately, these live spectacle matches don't tend to work as well as when they do the videos, when they do the pre-tape like Stadium Stampede was funny. That was entertaining. Um, so, I mean, so someone's either going to get hurt or it's going to be like the like the the unsanctioned lights out match, which wasn't all that good, uh, or the uh, sizzling death match, barbed wire match that wasn't so good either. So, um, and it's not like the match wasn't good, but the end was so bad. That's all you remember. Um, the match was actually pretty good, but I, I don't know. There's no stakes. I don't. I don't. You know. Well, I this can't is sort of a, same with the Owen. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right, and I can't help but think when when uh, Moxie said you know, cut that fucking sports entertainment shit or, you know, doing that stadium stampede type of match. We're getting a fucking hardcore, more than likely bedlam type of match, right? So essentially Mm -hmm. what Moxie said contradicts himself because it's essentially the same shit, except it's not in the stadium this time. It's in an arena. 
agree. I agree with you 100%. Well, in saying that, Jeff, we got to go to our last break. So uh, we'll be right back. Yes, that's right, infidels. You found us here, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, where you get the most real talk, the best reviews of all your favorite wrestling shows from AEW and WWE, Impact, and more, because we're going to break it all down with the best staff in professional wrestling at HMG. So you don't need to go anywhere else, because there's no five stars here. There's only $5 face slaps, infidel. Hello, so sign up today, channelattitude.com, Hameen Media Group, and join the Hameen Army for the most real talk in professional wrestling. YOLO! <laughs> and we're back for our final break of the evening. Uh, we were talking about the Jazz, but let's move on to a, another Owen Hart. Foundation tournament first round matchup. Well, it's not a first round matchup, but you know what I'm saying. Brie Baker versus question mark. But the joke was revealed to be Maki Ito. I like her, dude. I mean, she makes me laugh, dude. I found it funny when uh Brie Baker gave her a slap and she started crying. I thought that was funny. She knows how to sort of uh entertain the people, even though she's kind of a either you hate her or love her type of wrestler. Do you like Maki Ito? No, she's a terrible wrestler. I don't find her interesting at all. Come on, man. She's I find everything about her to be disturbing. Really? She's funny. She's entertaining to me, dude. Yeah. I, I Listen, I've said this, but I think Joshi wrestling is cosplay wrestling. It's supposed to be comedic. It's like Chikara. Uh, I don't think that, that they're... I mean, AEW's already leaned into that a little bit with Orange Cassidy and Dan Housen, which are sort of the same thing. I mean, different characters, but the same role. Um, right. I don't get the Maki Ito thing. She's, I mean, Rio is too small. She's as small as as Rio without the skills. Yeah, she gets slapped and cries. Okay, that, that I mean, that's funny. I love Lucy. Got it. I mean, it's not to. I mean, it's not to say that nobody has any merit. Nobody has any skills. But no, I mean, she was a giant disappointment. Let me tell you, the audience agreed because the two hundred thousand people tuned out as soon as this happened, and they didn't come back for the main event. Really. Yeah, the, the the Dynamite was doing like 950s, 980s all night long. And then this happened, it dropped straight to 770 and then dropped oh, to 730 by, by the time Hardy and Cole wow. had their segment. Yeah. Well, what was the final rating? Because I actually didn't catch that because I've been busy all week. 922 was the aggregate. But if this didn't happen, I mean, I don't know in an alternate reality what other match could have been. Let's just say it was Ember Moon. You know, uh, you know, I don't know if people just don't care about women's wrestling, period, or if it would just, yeah. you know, let's just say 50,000 people would have tuned out. Their their number would have been closer to 950, you know, uh, than, than 920. They literally dropped into the 730s for the for the final quarter. Wow, that's pretty which, bad. Which had Jeff Hardy and alleged star Adam Cole. But Jeff Hardy by himself should have been, you know, should be a draw. Oh, I agree. Well, Baker pulls her straight into the lockjaw for the win at six minutes and 45 seconds. The match was Good. pretty much a nothing match. Yeah. 
I mean, it wasn't a good match. It was just funny to me. It is what it is. But post-match, Tony Storm comes out for the stare down with Becca, who doesn't actually seem impressed. And then he sends Shivani in the ring to hype up next week's three-year anniversary. But Serena Deep cuts him off. She's sick of hearing Tony talk, especially last week when Tony said that she can't beat Thunder Rosa. Dustin Rhodes has had a lot to say about Deeb having no chance against Rosa, so he reached to input. Deeb calls him the poster boy of failure and says Jim Ross might be the only one with any brains around here. She goes on to say Dustin knows how hard it was to be a woman in her era and even got implants to satisfy old perverts. <laughs> nice little dig. So why does Dustin think Deeb can't beat Thunder Rosa? Dustin has nothing to say, so, he, so she slaps him in the face. Which draws, out, which draws out Thunder Rosa. Deep takes a women's title from her, gets in a good shot. Look, Jeff, I have no idea what they were going for here, but deep talking isn't a good thing, unfortunately. Although I did like what she kind of said, though. Yeah, I mean, except it's ridiculous because, like, you know, WWE programming has almost 50% women, and AEW, you know, has about 11 seconds a week. So, um, and AW's biggest female star is Jade Cargill, who obviously has implants. I mean, I, mm. you know, so does Anna J. I mean, Penelope before it's just, it's just, a, but, but it's funny that, I mean, that first of all, Dustin Rose didn't need to be there. He added nothing. He said nothing. I guess he trained Thunder Rosa, but that's never really been emphasized or highlighted on the show. Um, I think he, in the past, but I could be wrong. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. it, whatever it was is, I mean, it just, it just felt like, I mean, once she's saying in my era, so what's she admitting that she's over the hill? This is not her era. I mean, she's going for a world championship now. This is not her era. I mean, she's basically just spoiled the, the ending, didn't she? Well, if it was up to me, I mean, let's be honest, though. She's not a great talker. She could have said uh, back in the day or when I was coming up. She didn't need to say in my era. I mean, she's basically, that was a Freudian slip admitting that this is not her era. This isn't my time. Well, I mean, the game always said it's my time. It didn't say you, you, it, it was my time before. <laughs> well, when she was with the, uh, the, the Straight Edge Society, let's be honest. I mean, I guess it was her biggest point in her career, to be fair. Yeah, but it shouldn't be because right now in AEW should be the biggest time in her career. She's going for the world champion right now. I mean, whether it's true or not doesn't matter. This is wrestling. I mean, she 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 get anyway. This went too long. It was bad. I don't. I shouldn't. Nobody cared. The Thunder Rosa came out. Maybe it's because her music wasn't on. I don't know. Maybe it's because she wasn't dressed in the wrestling outfit. I don't know. Whatever this was, too long. Didn't matter. And you're exactly right. Serena Deeb should never speak that long. This is this was a segment that absolutely should have been cut either entirely or down to like two minutes. I agree. And uh, let's be honest, Thunder Rosa, there's a lot of parallels with Hangman Page. I just think she's been a total failure as your AEW Women's Champion. And I'm a fan of hers. She just doesn't seem to be booked right as champion. Well, I mean, has she had a match? Good question. Actually, she has a battle for the belts against uh, what's his name or oh, her name. <laughs> you know who oh, it's her. About. Right. Oh, oh yeah. no, you're a bad flower, Jimmy. Don't be a flower. <laughs> um, neither. Okay, anyway. so she she but she's had no matches on TV, right? And she's barely had segments, and her promos aren't her skill. Yeah. No, it's basically. I mean, it's you're right. It's similar to Adam Page, but for very different reasons. Right. No doubt. But anyway. Let's move on to the main event finally, Jeff, and it's another Owen Hart tournament semifinals. 
between Adam Cole and Jeff Hardy. I mean, you should have just, well, it was called Wild Wildcard Dynamite. Should have been called the Yamaha Tournament Dynamite, pretty much. But uh, anyway, we get Jeff hitting the twisting stunner, only to miss the swanton. Cole hits the boom for the pin in seven minutes and five seconds. What a rush job of a match this was, dude. Completely. I mean, and that's why I've been overemphasizing segments that went too long so that I rest being too long because this was your main. I mean, anyone who's listened to me a long time knows I'm not an Adam Cole fan. Never, never really. I mean, I like, you know, he's got a big personality, but as far, I mean, he, I just think he looks ridiculous. And Jeff Hardy, you know, sort of like similar to uh, Christian. Yeah, you know, I recognize his star powers more than Christian, but, uh, you know, I was never really a Hardy Boys guy. Right. Um, but let me, I don't need to. The AEW audience thinks that they're stars. This is your main event. You're building your entire show to your main event and around this tournament, which even though it doesn't have stakes, it doesn't matter. You know, this is still your big thing. And these are two guys who arguably can make, can headline a pay-per-view. Maybe if the, if the, the segment's right and they rush this and this is the match that, that loses time. That's, that's a giant fail. I agree. 100%. And let's be real, man. I'm a fan of Jeff Hardy. Make no mistake about it. But does he really have any charisma? Honestly, think about it. It's his physical charisma. Yes. Yes, exactly. I was just saying it's his looks that's made him so fucking popular and his outrageous moves that he used to do really back in the day. Let's be honest. I mean, I have a question. What's that? I have a question for you in the skirmites. What (laughs) is more dangerous, the NXT parking lot or when Jeff Hardy stops to dance? Oh, probably stopping to dance. Jeff Hardy's something to, to dance, in my opinion, dude. I mean, shit. It's catching up, isn't it? It is. He really is, man. But uh, look, he's over, man. I, I get it. The crowd love him. I mean, every time he comes out, it is a huge pop. Hopefully, the ratings went up for the main event. Did it go up? It did. The they continued to go so, down. They totally... You said that before too, but so continuously it went down. When Makito gave everyone the finger, they listened. <laughs> nice. Well, yeah, anyway, I mean, there's not too much to say, but like I said, it was a rush job, but we move on to the post-match, which we alluded to at the start of the show. But anyway, Cole stares at Jeff, right. but Matt Hardy you gets You have to give an homage to Chris right now. Yes, the Chris says, this is everybody all the time, all over the place, or whatever he says. I can't say it as well as he does, but he's, what's his saying? Well, basically, everybody all over the place is sitting there like quails, dude. No, he does it better. Chris, I wish you were here for this. I'm I'm sorry. Text it in. Jimmy can splice it in. He can edit it in. You (laughs) you say it. No one says it like you do. Well, yeah, it's true. No one does say it like he does. Uh, but anyway, Matt Hardy gets in to cut him off. The Young Bucks come in for the cheap shot, but the Hardys stare him down. Cole jumps the Hardys, and here are Sting and W. Allen for the save. Q Red Dragon to go after Sting and Allen, though, including Sting's ankle being pulverized to end the show. And like I was saying Hold at the on. start of the show, yes. Hold on a second. First, nobody can nobody can hurt Sting. He's invulnerable. He takes he's no cells a chair shot. But then he gets a double super a super kick party that hit him maybe in the elbows and yeah, that, that and he shocking. falls and he and he yeah. falls flat down from that and then he gets to pilmanize and for most of us 
the t- it, it goes off the air as the Bucks and Red Dragon and Cole are, you know, they are finally honed you and now doing their crash TV. They're all friends now. Uh, they yeah. even they even weren't yelling at Brandon this week. They, they actually complimented Brandon. He finally did something right. Um, but yeah, what, what happened after most of the world lost TV and somehow Australia benefited from this? Well, anyone, like, like I was saying at the start of the show, anyone that was actually watching via the Fight TV app would have gotten an extra overrun. And basically, like I said, man, everyone got their asses kicked. But Sting in particular, he's. Le- I'm telling you, if he doesn't walk out with crutches next week or at least be selling the fact that he's got a broken leg, because I'm telling you now, like you said, they pulmonized him. He's got to have a fucked leg after all that because not only did he get the chair right, right as the show was going off the air, but he, Kyle O'Reilly also put in a leg lock and for a long time, which practically looked like he actually snapped his leg. So, and mind you, while he was doing that, the Bucks and everyone else were kicking and stomping the shit out of him anyway. So he copped a beating of his life, man. Probably the worst beating since WCW. I was going to ask, did, was this reminiscent? Was there ever a four horseman beat down that was choreographed this way? Yeah, I'm pretty sure there was. <laughs> Because I know when they turned on Sting, they, they beat him down, you know, pretty harshly. I don't remember a Pilmanize uh well, not sure if that was a thing yet. But that did actually happen, and you're right. But this is AEW, uh, Jeff. That's it's where the big boys play. Get it? Well, it's 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 <laughs> where the big it's where the big boys play to make the little boys look like they can beat up the big boys. Right. Exactly. Exactly. During the play. Right. <laughs> During the play, because it is a freaking play. I mean, shit. How many matches and how many of these guys that are with AEW are cosplaying previous matches? Like, move for move, literally, dude. Like, literally. And it's Listen, getting annoying. The Hardys look like the freaking brothers of destructions next to the young bucks. <laughs> they actually do. <laughs> doesn't help That's that they are in, in Hawaiian pajamas. Like, you, you go to Hawaii with your kids and you're like, Me, man, Hawaiian clothes. So you put them in pajamas and tell them those are Hawaiian outfits. Uh, like, yeah, we can sleep now, mommy. I go stop calling me mommy. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know you ain't wrong, man. It's a like I was saying before, man. It's a pajama party, starring the young bucks and everyone else in AEW that are wearing pajamas, including Ricky Starks with his pearls. But anyway, in saying that, Jeff, I think we can end it right here, dude. So tell them where they can find you. Yeah, man. Uh, Hammerlock Hangover is my wrestling podcast with Big Daddy Cool Stephen Pena. Uh, we just finished episode 85. It's dropped uh, now. Uh, I can't remember what it is. Oh, it's yeah, the, it's something like the boss uh, went home or something like that uh, about Sasha, obviously, uh, and the week in wrestling. Non-wrestling, Garden of Doom. Just sell, We just dropped 101st episode with the Skirmish's oh. own Chris Ams as your first five-time, five-time, five-time guest. And uh, check out all the shows, but this one was on Mormonism. Those who know Chris know that he was a a Mormon minister and did his mission and all of that other stuff. Uh, Garden Views is a cousin show, The Garden of Doom, uh, but it's more like we stick to one topic, more uh, often legal and current events related. And uh, I'm trying to do a little continuing series where I take the laws of Earth and eventually extrapolate them to what's going on in space. And maybe we'll build some space law and see what's going on so uh check out those shows you can find them all right here on the pwc you can also find them on the wrestling soup networks i want to thank all those guys um i'm at at icarus md on twitter hammerlock hangover is at hammerlock ho and both have facebook pages 
Awesome. All right. And if you want to follow me, you can on Twitter at the PWC Network and at DJ Mass Effects. Also, like and subscribe at the PWC Network.podbean.com and even the Hamin Media Group at Podbean and also ChannelAttitude.com. In saying that, I'm Jimmy T, he's Jeff Lippman, and you've been listening to the PWC Wednesday Night Skirmish right here on the PWC Network and on the PW Hustle Networks. Peace. Stay evil, Mike. Oh, no, we're out of time. Shot Lariat. He punched it. Punk shot Lariat. Oh! Hard shot. You can hear it. Flesh on flesh.
The catch. Jump power bomb. The champion's in trouble. Oh! And Tashka could not execute the cover. There's a knee. That's a knee. That's how to do it. That's what you talked about. The knee strike. One, two. No. Hangman able to survive. Oh, man. This guy's tough. This guy is tough. This is what I'm in for in Las Vegas. Fans are loving this match as well. The effort, the heart, the courage of both men. Takeshita looking for that stalling German suplex. Oh, but he can't. He come, He came down on that neck and shoulder. He hurt that his was... wrist. He hurt his wrist. Whatever it was, I think it happened on that tombstone pile driver. Yeah, that's a good call. Oh, no, it's his neck? Yeah, you're right. I thought it was his wrist. I thought he was clutching his wrist. He's holding his neck. Or maybe it happened earlier when he when he landed on the back of his head. And Takeshita does not want to give up. He tells Aubrey Edwards he can continue. But this has allowed crucial seconds for Hangman Adam Page to get his wits about him to get back into this match. He's got to be going for the big knee here. Takeshita looking for the jumping knee. Hangman oh. chops it down. Discus elbow. Oh! And both men got each other scouted so well. Hangman reverses to Keshka. Oh, oh! Went for that flying lariat. Rolling elbow struck by Hangman Payne. Yeah, brother, let's go. Man, this kid, the champ, loves to strike. He's really, really good at it, ladies and gentlemen. All my years. Hey, listen, I'm, right not gonna, I'm not telling him what to do, but he needs to capitalize on that. He can't make these mistakes. Yeah, Hangman Payne's taking his eye off the ball once again. It's already happened once. And Takeshita fought back into it. Hangman. Takeshita up on the top rope. What does he have in store? He keeps looking over at me, but he should be going for that punk shot lariat. Hangman Adam Page. Oh, Lordy, look at this. My God. He might not make it to Las Vegas, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, wait a second. Somebody called Takeshita. Oh! Hey, pump back up! He landed on his feet. He rolled for a minute. Oh, but Takeshka took the shuttle bus shot lariat. Wait a minute. Whoa. I got him right where I want him. Really? I What's up right at that? Oh. GTS! How about that? CM Punk's favorite, perhaps, finishing maneuver. Some people who use that move get mad about that. To me, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Love it. I love it. And you're going to love this man a bit, ladies and gentlemen. The AEW World Champion, Hangman Adam Payne. Buy that pay-per-view and get it early. It was an intensely physical match, a great effort by both men. But your AEW World Champion, Hangman Adam Page, with the win. And here's how he did it. Look at this, the GTS. Popularized by CM Punk, the best in the world. And I'm gonna give you 100% in Las Vegas, ladies and gentlemen. You will buy that pay-per-view and you'll be on the edge of your couch in your own living room watching this. And Punk tossing down the headset. Well, Punk is ready emotionally. He may be in the head of the champion. I'm not gonna deny that. I think the champ wanted him to be upset by that GTS, and he was anything but upset. Oh, these guys are gonna have a match we're not ever gonna forget.
cannot wait for Sunday, May 29th, live on pay-per-view. AEW double nothing back right where it all began, Las Vegas, Nevada. What a week it's going to be beginning next Tuesday. Second punk. All oh, these guys are so ready. They're so ready. Intimidation. Neither man is intimidated of the other. Neither man's afraid of the other. Has CM Punk gotten under the skin of the AEW World Champion Hangman Adam Page? Good question, Excalibur. Well, double or nothing. Double or nothing coming up Sunday, May 29th, live on pay-per-view. Punch their ticket to the finals, the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament. Will it be Adam Cole or Jeff Hardy? Speaking of punching, there's a great shot there by Adam Cole, but countered by Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy turned things around on Adam Cole. Another got out of that. Shoulders were down. It looked like the end was here. Not near, but here. Remember, next Wednesday night on Dynamite, live from Las Vegas, Nevada, it will be CM Punk and Ad Hangman Adam Page face-to-face, -face, plus the cage match, Sean Spears versus Wardlow with MJF as a special guest referee, and the semifinals of the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament. All that and so much more next Wednesday on Dynamite. Lots of celebration because it'll be three-year anniversary of when AEW was formed. That's right. There might be a party in Las Vegas. Oh, what an NZ Geary there by Adam Cole just drops Jeff Hardy. Yeah, I, I don't like Jeff Chances in this match tonight simply because of the Darby Allen uh, matchup last week. How can he be able to win? With a chance? No. He doesn't have the strength. He doesn't, he doesn't have the pop. So we've got to get something magical from Jeff Hardy, which we all three of us know that that can happen. That can happen. We also have been told now we will stay with this match as long as it takes until we get a winner. So hang with us here, fans, on TBS. Now, there's so much riding on this. A spot in the finals. Oh! And double or nothing. What a counter by Cole! Amazing. The super kick. One, two, no! Aim, the accuracy, phenomenal. But a heads-up move by Jeff Hardy, grabbing the bottom rope to force the break. Dropping the knee pad here. Watch out. Adam Cole looking to lower the boom. Oh, Jeff Hardy avoids it up to his feet. And twist. Oh, no, the stunner. Jeff Hardy stringing together offense here. He's got a chance to advance. Jeff Hardy. Getting down the building, but you can see right there the all the wrapping around his, uh, his torso. You see the wrapping from the entry last week. He tried the swan tongue. Nobody there. Nobody Cole. there. Oh, lowers the boom. Adam Cole advances the double or nothing. There is your winner, Adam Cole. He is one win away. One win away now from winning the Owen.
in the mixed division. But on the other side of the bracket, Adam Cole will have to face the winner of Samoa Joe versus Kyle O'Reilly. It could be undisputed elite versus undisputed elite in the final. I love Samoa Joe, but I would love to see that as well. Matt Hardy having words with Adam Cole. Cole, hey, he won the match fair and square as I saw it. Now Adam Cole exploiting the injuries to Jeff Hardy. Oh, the phone, we got company. Young Bucks. Matt and Nick, oh, oh. little cheap shot, come on, cheap shot on Emory in. Nothing cheap about that one, it was a blatant shot from behind. The young Bucks have got technically verbal woodshed earlier tonight. Oh, not the big, oh, the Hardy trigger. Oh, BT trigger on Matt Hardy. And the undisputed elite laying waste to Matt and Jeff, but here comes Darby Absolutely, we saw just a sample of it right there. 
his left arm needs a little bit of rest. He's getting it. He's getting it. But O'Reilly puts him up. Some distance created. Ray Phoenix rolls through. Hook on Rana. That's it. Hooking on one leg. leg. Only got one leg, and that may have cost him. Referee Rick Knox got the, a good, strong two count out of it. He was able to shoot that right leg right straight up, and that broke the count. Kyle O'Reilly and the fans have seen some great in-ring product here tonight on Dynamite, and we have the main event still to come. And also, don't forget Dr. Britt Baker against the Joker on the women's side of the bracket. O'Reilly elevates. Combination shots. The sweep avoided by Phoenix. Roundhouse kick. O'Reilly on roller skates. And Ray Phoenix. Uh-oh. Got caught. O'Reilly. Double underhook, butterfly suplex combination. Can he get Phoenix up for the third? Oh man, he's struggling. Phoenix is almost dead weight. Yeah, you're right. That's why he's struggling. You're right, Jim. Oh, but Phoenix, or maybe he lured him in. Bull rush. Into the corner, followed up by a right elbow strike, a high common Geary, and Phoenix! Wow. Boy, you're talking about accuracy. That was the thing of beauty. It was a giant bullseye. Hits from the face of Kyle O'Reilly. Ray Phoenix hit it. Phoenix looked for a half and half suplex. Sends O'Reilly through. O'Reilly! Oh, went for the Lariat. Phoenix puts on the brakes, comes through the hook kick. O'Reilly. Wait, wow! Back with the Lariat! The passion and desire of Kyle O'Reilly is so obvious, so prominent. Look, he, he's doing all he can to stay up on his feet. Oh, both men. I admire all these strikes. I admire their toughness. But somewhere, sooner than later, something has to give. Oh, man, Ray needs to suck it up here. So does Kyle O'Reilly. And what a test for the conditioning of Ray Phoenix. Only his third match back. Returning from that injury. One here in AEW, one in Mexico. And now here tonight in Houston in the quarterfinals. Look at the throat and the chest of Kyle O'Reilly here. Now O'Reilly's found his stride. He's back in his lane, if you will. Double wrist lock, close to being applied. Right. Now O'Reilly floats over and Phoenix rolls through. Knee strike to the midsection, that drops. Oh no, it did not drop Phoenix. And that was a, a great example of Ray's resilience. Resilience. Phoenix comes back with a thrust kick. Look, Kyle just would not go out of the ring. He's hooked that rope many, many times to stay in the ring. What a battle we are watching unfold. The styles are starting to come together. And oh my goodness, Kyle! Ray walks the top rope. That's right under their feet, Jim. It's a Hurricane Rana. Oh! What a counter by O'Reilly! Looking for a cutter. Got, now O'Reilly has his submission. We talked about the shoulder tenderness at this located elbow. Look, he's pulling on it. Yeah, did you notice O'Reilly switched from the right arm to the left? And now he, with the leg capture, if he could break the grip of Ray Phoenix, this could be it. Look at that. Look. Oh! O'Reilly! Got it at the foot and scores the win! And the winner of this match, Kyle.
O'Reilly. Oh, God, what a war! What a war! It will be Kyle O'Reilly and Samoa Joe in the semifinals. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, the cutest in the world, Maki Ito, both competing to advance the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. No! And throughout the picture-in-picture, picture, you saw Dr. Britt Baker attempting to dominate Maki Ito, but Ito drawing on the support of this capacity crowd here in Houston. She's got a lot of reserves. She really, really does. Great big aggression. Aggression. Aggressive is right. The doctor. Remember, Maki Ito just competed. Oh, lordy, she's going for it. A few days ago, Tokyo Joshi Pro then got on the Trans-Pacific flight. Here to Houston, is jet lag potentially an issue? Good call. I, I agree with that, Excalibur. Offer here. Britt continues to taunt Maki Ito, but Ito with that, as I said, inhumanly hard head. Tell me, Britt does not need to toy around here with Maki Ito. And Britt should know about the hard head. They were tag team partners. Britt sends Ito once again. <laughs> Look at this! Ito John firing up, and Dr. Britt Baker maybe a little bit worried. Oh, what a headbutt! There it goes! Very effective weapon in a very timely place in this contest. And Maki Ito, now with Dr. Britt Baker all tied up. Oh. Tornado DDT! Ito, far leg hook, Britt able to kick out. Near fall, created by that hard head. Britt tried to roll out of the ring that time. Maki Ito caught her. And now Maki Ito. This could be the prelude for the Kokeshi, the diving headbutt. Ito John. Oh, nobody home. Oh, she put on the brakes. And it lands in the midsection. Fans in love enjoying this match. Whoa! Not so much could be said for Britt Baker's experiences in this match tonight. Britt Baker, the thrust kick after the kick out, and now with Maki Ito all tied up. Rick Baker maybe thinking lockjaw, maybe looking to put an end to it. And now the lockjaw locked in, and Chris Baker scores the win and advances. Dr. Rick Baker, D.M.T. Well, now we know it will be Dr. Rick Baker, D.M.D. and Tony Storm. And speaking of which, Tony Storm, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, have a date in the semifinals. How great does Tony Storm look? Tony. A concerning look. Tony Storm defeated Jamie Hayter last week to advance. And now with a chance to take out Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and advance to the finals at double or nothing. Cannot wait for Tony Storm and Dr. Britt Baker next week, JR. Some obvious bad blood. The animosity is already established as we take another look at the uh, latest bracket. And we know this Friday night it will be Red Velvet and Chris Stadlander competing for the final spot in the semifinal round of the Owen Hart Foundation Women's Tournament. Magic. Matt oh, Menard. I see. When you want to sing along, you're all excited. Meanwhile, last week, we were attacked by this gang of thugs 
who outnumbered us almost two to one. You were cheering for it. Then I started thinking, who could have put together this, this violent attack between all of these heathens? And of course, it's my old, shut your mouth! Of course the attack was orchestrated by my old friend, Mr. William Regal! It's been a while, Regal. It's, it's, it's good to see you because, quite frankly, I thought you'd be dead by now. Oh. It's amazing, after all the abuse you put yourself through, that you still have a brain that works, sort of. I mean, talk about wasted potential. Right here, with all of your wrestling skills and your character, you could have been one of the greatest of all time, like Chris Jericho. You should have been a world-class champion 10 times over. Instead, you ended up as nothing more than a world-class addict. You've been fired from every company you ever worked for. Until you weaseled yourself into AEW on the coattails of your protégés. And what a collection of protégés you have, Regal. You got Santana and Ortiz. Too stupid to realize that everything they ever had in AEW was because of me. You got Eddie Kingston. Too stupid to stay home after I burned your face and take care of your family, and take care of your girl. Once again, if you need any pointers, just have her give me a call. And then you got Brian Danielson. Possibly the greatest wrestler in the world today. Yet nothing more than a squeaky clean nerd. You've never had a drink or did a drug in your life, have you, Brian? I'll tell you this, stick with this lot long enough and Regal will be shoving disco biscuits and whiskey down your throat until you gotta join the program with Moxley. A little personal. 
It's a royal flush of losers right here. No wonder Moxley and Regal get together and hang out so much, you're birds of a feather. Regal, here's my advice to you. Go home. Stay out of the Jericho appreciation business, because if you don't, I'm gonna throw a fireball in your face, because I'm a wizard. Or, maybe I'll just take a piss in your tea again. Chris, since 1997, when I first met you, I've had to listen to you with that whining, vile, pathetic, trap-slapping voice of yours. And the only thing that could make me more sick to my stomach would be the screams from a burning orphanage. So please, be quiet. You may be right, and you've hit a few home truths uh, about my past. But there's one thing in the last 21 years that has kept me going through thick and thin. And that is that for every single time that I was on a show with you, and that's, as you know, you've got a book about it hundreds and hundreds of times. Well, when I wasn't wrestling you, and even for my time here in AW, whenever you were in the ring, I would go to your locker room and I would open your bag and I would take out your toiletry bag and unzip it all very gently, take out your tough brush and stick it right up my bottom. <laughs> nah, 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 nah. You are disgusting. How could you ever do that to somebody? How could you ever do that? Well, actually, Flower, I did it to yours last week. Not enough toothpaste to the world. All right. <laughs> Please. It's I, obvious I'll, I'll here. I know what you. you want. I get it. Okay? You obviously want a fight, right? They want a fight. It just so happens. Double or nothing. One of the greatest matches that me and Jake Hagar ever, ever, ever invented. Here at AEW. The ace of AEW, Chris Jericho. You want to fight? Double or nothing is synonymous with one of the greatest matches ever created. We challenge you to the third ever stadium. No, 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 no. I ain't doing that shit. We are not getting sucked into your little sports entertainment vortex, all right? Stadium Stampede was a different time and a different place. And this situation, I think, calls for you all to get your asses kicked live and in living, violent color, color in front of an arena full of screaming fans. So here's what's gonna happen at Double or Nothing. It's gonna be you five douchebags versus us five. Gang warfare, gang rules. Anything goes. Glorious, violent madness in Las Vegas until you five are all bleeding like stuck pigs. 
You can call it whatever you want. You can call it anarchy in the arena. Call it pro wrestling versus sports entertainment. The beautiful violent art, the sport we represent, the sport we love versus a bunch of stupid bullshit. Gauntlet's been thrown down here, guys. All right, all right. You want anarchy? You got it. But let me ask you a question. We are a well-oiled machine, aren't we, boys? You guys got a lot of issues in this group, I see. As a matter of fact, the last time Moxley and Santana were in the ring together, you tried to stab each other's eyes out with a spike, remember? Huh? Remember the eye-for-an-eye eye match that was actually good? I remember it. And... Danielson and Eddie, you guys have been at each other's throats for a year. As a matter of fact, what did Brian Danielson say about Eddie Kingston, Daddy? You know what he called you, Eddie? He called you lazy. How about it? How lazy all right, all right. Now, what did Kingston say in return about Brian Danielson? You remember this one, Brian? A judgmental prick. You are? Okay. What are we doing here? Let's hurry this up. I don't want to wait to the pay-per-view. I don't care about, no offense, I don't care about the people in the arena. I don't care about buys or ratings. Get in the ring, let's fight, bitch. That kind of cuts to the chase, doesn't it, Joe? Yeah, it always does. Oh, here Forget we it. Oh, Jericho's going to pick his spots. That has been chosen for him. Then I'll just go out after. Oh, look at Danielson laid his hands on Kingston, and things are breaking down right now. But we have to go back. Oh, to Dante Martin and Matt Seidel. Waistlock swerve back. Oh, 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 oh what a kick! Fans in St. Louis on Wednesday, June 15th are looking forward to being there. And yes, JR will stop eating ribs early today so he can join us in the Shaded Center. I'll try. Swerve the uppercut to the spine. Rolls through, creates some momentum. Flatlines Anthony Henry, but JD Drake comes in. Behind Swerve's back. Swerve lands on his feet. Chest, Henry, wild swing, or excuse me, J.D. Drake, wild swing and a miss. Big boys are in now. Yeah. <laughs> Look at the athleticism, this giant super heavyweight. Henry comes off the top and gets nearly knocked out of his boots by Keith Lee. Lowered the shoulder, took a big step, and bam. Look at this teamwork here. Keith Lee with Henry up, swerve on the top rope. It's going to be Anthony Henry's fall from the glory. One, two, three. Not bad, yeah, ladies and gentlemen. The Not bad at all. Strickland and Keith Lee. They don't get paid by the hour. They certainly don't. That was a huge victory for Keith Lee and Swerve. And Taz, or excuse me, JR. All right. The internet will leave you alone. Me, not so much. Not so shabby for a makeshift <laughs> tag team. Not too bad. Brother.
34 years. Confused me with JR. Well, you're wearing an orange shirt here tonight, so I got confused. Keith Lee, microphone in hand. Let him talk. Wonderful news! It turns out, with that victory, the realist Suarez Strickland and yours truly, the limitless Keith Lee, have now become a top five ranked tag team. And with that news, I do believe we shall shout. Yes, there's a shot, Excalibur. Powerhouse Hobbs, absolute Ricky Starks raining on the parade. I think it looks like it's going to a photo shoot at GQ. Well, well, well. That's enough talking from you, Rex, from Toy Story. Here's the deal. You two are some of the most selfish jabronis me and Hobbs has ever met. The fact that you think that you deserve a shot at the AEW Tag Team Championships when me and Hobbs are standing right here is absolutely insane. Not only, not only did I beat Jungle Boy last week, but I also beat your little ass as well. Yo, hold up, hold up, hold up. First of all, you come out here dressed like a bar of soap with a pearl necklace on. You're disrespectful to the game. On top of that, yo, this is Houston, Texas, baby. There's Southern hospitality that you gotta cope through. What your mama taught you? Well, a couple of teams talking about the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Maybe we're gonna hear from the champions themselves, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. When you're a tag team wrestler, there's no bigger prize in your game in this company than the tag team championships. Uh, now, Ricky, now, Ricky, I, I know you think you're a pretty smart guy. I just wish you were smart enough to realize when to shut the hell up. Now, you come out here every week strutting around with your chest puffed out, wearing clothes, looking like you're dressed up like you're going golf with my grandfather with that title belt strapped over your shoulder, and I get it, I get it. Now you think you're ready for a real championship. Now don't get me wrong, you're both worthy teams, you're both top ranked, but you're not the best. We are the best. And as the best, we are used to being challenged, but we're gonna go ahead, we're gonna go outside the box here, and we're gonna challenge you. Both of your teams versus Jurassic Express in a three-way for the World Tag Team Championships at, at Double or Nothing. And Double or Nothing is getting more loaded by the moment. Hey, Tony. Yes. Hey, Tony. Hey. Oh. Hey, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just had to come out here and tell you that I am so sick of hearing you talk. What, what do you mean? 
You don't think I heard what you said last week? I heard what you said. You said that I couldn't beat Thunder Rosa at double or nothing. Well, I predicted that Thunder Rosa would win the match. You obviously can beat her. Oh yeah? yeah? That's not what you said. So congratulations, Tony. Congratulations, Shivani, after all your years in the business and all of your experience in one short interview, you made yourself a complete idiot. Speaking of idiots, there were other people that had a few words to say last week. In fact, I think Dustin Rhodes had a lot to say last week. So Dustin, I know you're right there in the back and I'd love to invite you to come out to the ring and oh, great, perfect, perfect. Dustin Rhodes. Just the man I've been waiting for. Yeah, Texas, of course you would cheer. Yeah, all your sports teams, they're all failures. Of course you would cheer. Of course you would share the poster boy of, fail of failure. Hey, listen. I heard what you said last week too. You're just as much of an idiot as him. In fact, Jim Ross might be the only one with any brains around here. That cute little video of you and your little teacher's pet, Thunder Rosa, how adorable. I'm her coach, I'm her mentor. Dustin, I respected you. I know what you had to do to persevere in this business, and you know what I had to do. You know all the dues that I had to pay to make this a good place for women today. You know my trials and tribulations. You know how hard it was to be a woman in the business in that era. And I still got no respect. I put breast implants into my body just to satisfy some old perverts. I shaved my head just to show how bad I wanted it, and I still got no respect. So tell me face to face, why did you say that I couldn't beat Thunder Rosa? No answer? I'm standing right here, no answer? You know why you can't answer me, Dustin? Because you don't have the Falls to. And when I beat Thunder Rosa and become AEW Women's Champion, you will respect me. Well, 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 look who's here, the champ's here. Yeah, you mention her name often enough, and look at that Serena Deep laying hands. And Thunder, Thunder Rosa being restrained by Dustin Rhodes. Thunder Rosa, the elbow gets free. But I think there was an inadvertent elbow. Yeah, look out! My God, right on the side of the head with a championship belt. A highly orchestrated assault by Serena Deeb, who just gained a ton of momentum.
PWC Network, what the world is watching and listening to. Hustle, the recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment.